All right, guys. So we're chilling here at my buddy's house, Mike. Uh, at, we're gonna chill in the studio, but we're chilling in his kitchen. Uh, we're gonna do a little podcast. He's been asking me to hop on here. Um, yeah, was that? Yeah, we're right next to his little studio. So uh, we got a rock, like I said, a rock band, a bunch of rockers here. Uh, we're all gonna introduce ourselves. Um, I just want to ask them a couple questions about music, how they got into it, uh, what it means to them, and their band, Solitude Endeavor, and how they opened up for a pretty big band a couple years ago. And we're just gonna shoot the shit here. We're drinking beer, chilling. Uh, Danny's got some Budweiser, the real shit. Drew's got some Blue Moon. Uh, Modelo's. Uh, why you drinking Modelo, bro? Because it was offered to me, and I don't want to drink that bullshit that Mike's drinking. What's what's that bullshit he's drinking? What are you drinking, Mike? Sponsored by Coors Light. The piss water. We got Michael Coors <laughs> in the house. Didn't you tell me once something about someone who was stuck in a warehouse? What'd you say? Oh yeah, I did tell you that story. Saying, man, you know somebody got stuck in a warehouse uh, at a Budweiser factory, <laughs> and um, so they couldn't get out. So they got thir- so thirsty they ended up drinking their own piss. Fuck you. Instead of the Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Okay, so we're here with the band. We're chilling. Mike here is the main leader. Uh, when'd you move here, Mike? When'd you move over here? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So you've been here eight years already. Mm-hmm. I've known your. I've known him not eight years because we didn't talk at first. I thought he was a little bitch, but yeah, uh, I thought he was a weirdo. Like, but he started winking at me and saying hi. <laughs> and uh, I think we went on a walk or something. Me and my daughter go on walks, and um, we just started ch- talking. And then him and his daughter started hanging out, chilling. From there, we just started shooting the shit. Come to find out, he's in a band. He's you know he's got an album out. Uh, he's been doing this for a long ass time. Him and his brother also play music. And I don't know, to me, there's something so um, primal and, like, human about music because it's in every culture. It exists everywhere, no matter where you come from. And just to see how it, the different genres, but it's all, like, a core message of expressing yourself through art. And uh, these guys, well, we're going to talk about their music. I mean, it's a little, what would you say your genre is? Because it does sound a little emo, but it's like rock too, right? Yeah, sad boy rock. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, I, I listen, to, I have some of your songs for on my gym. Like, uh, I'll pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I like to jam to that one uh, when I'm at the gym. Um, but what would you say your genre is? Well, it, it, it's right now, as of right now, where the first album was alternative rock, pretty much. Um, but now that we have Andrew, he's our newest addition to the band, and uh, it feels like we are starting to go to a different route. I don't know what would you call it, Andrew. I mean, it's I think it's still all, like alternative rock, alternative metal, definitely like I guess what people would consider progressive rock, progressive metal elements of that kind of stuff. So adding synth elements to things, adding maybe string elements, maybe different uh non-traditional song structures that kind of stuff so it's all over the place it sounds heavier now i like it it sounds like i think the new song that you that i listened that i really like is bullet isn't isn't that a song or shoot the bullet or? uh take the gun was one yeah take the gun yeah but that that one was from uh something jose made but uh andrew has made what two so far Three. We what about couple. two? We, we have we definitely have some demos going through. Yeah, and uh, man, we, we, he's, we're, we'll show you after. Uh, so yeah. do you, oh, let's talk about Jose. Does he not want you to play, play that song? or? No, he... no, no, not at all. Uh, he's been pretty supportive after he uh, ended up leaving. 
Um, you know, if we had any questions about uh, the tabs or anything, he he uh, he'd be fine with sharing. Yeah, he'll he'll share the tabs and stuff. And um, but yeah, he's totally cool with it. And uh, him and Andrew finally met at the Halloween party. And cool, totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so let's introduce the band members. Let's start with Mike, and then you can talk about Jose and what happened, and then we can introduce. Do, you, do I really gotta say all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm Mike. Oh. I have a big dick. So yeah, I mean I'm pretty li- pretty lie. pretty much. <laughs> now. I already lie. <laughs> now, so I'm Mike. I'm uh, the lead vocalist for Solitude Endeavor, um, and one of the founding members. Um, do you want to just introduce everybody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, what do you play? You sing, singer, drummer? I, yeah, vocalist. Um, I, I play drums and guitar on the side. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. When did you start the band? Uh, I started the band back in 2007. Um, Jose and I were playing um, with one of my buddies named Abel Milano. Uh, we're playing metal. and At school or? Uh, just at his house, um, so we, uh, I keep saying, uh, but <laughs> we ended up playing with Abel, and, <laughs> and, like, when Abel would leave, me and Jose started, uh, playing alternative rock, because that's what, we, like, we kind of connected with alternative music, and eventually me and him were just like, you know what, um, why don't we just start a new alternative band, and see where it goes and so we started a band called night flight and then from night flight we turned it into solitude endeavor and yeah so that started back in two the, our first show was 2009 so i was i would say we officially started it like in 2009 okay okay we'll talk about that first show later but in the next guy next time please i'm uh I'm david Cantu. <laughs> <laughs> he's an imposter no, I'm Caesar. Play guitar. Uh, when did I join? Seventeen, uh, I think. 16. Yeah, I think seventeen. You also play guitar, though. Yeah. No, I play rhythm guitar. Um, that's about it. Okay. Drew, he's the latest member. He he just came in because uh, Jose had left the band for personal reasons. No, no hard feelings, right? He just wanted to move on. Or... Yeah, yeah. He's... It only broke Michael's heart. I did. Uh-huh. I fell into a depression. Into a went into <laughs> drinking. Had to go to AA. No, but it was. I, I didn't know the day you told me about it. I could see you were like a little <laughs> shook. It, a little like, damn, what the fuck? I was distraught. Okay, so Andrew, when did you join? When did you? Uh, so it's been about a year now, actually. I joined yeah. last October, I think. <clears throat> is when I found Mike on Grinder, and then you know. Like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, it's weird that we're in a Wendy's uh, stall talking about uh-huh. this. Can, can you edit that? No, no, my, no. My no. girl can't hear I'm that. I'm going to loop that. I'm going to make a song <laughs> like that. <laughs> and, uh, no, but really, how did y'all meet? Because he was uh, having auditions, right? Yeah, kind of. So uh, the, the funny thing is there was a website called, what was it, Band Mix? Yeah, Band Mix. So I had made a profile. I was looking for another group for us to join, and I think he reached out to me on Band Mix, and I did the... Uh, overly attached girlfriend mean thing and stalked him on social media and really saw him on, uh, <laughs> saw him on instagram and uh then you know shot him a message I was like hey you know i saw that you reached out to me figured we'd chat over here and then kind of met in person and hit it off and then uh 
the rest is history. It's but so time. you really did that? Like you were like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm going to fucking get it. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Perseverance and pushing through. I mean, hey, like from an outsider perspective, to have a band to even get to the point to release an album that was recorded properly and have a couple of singles and that kind of thing, that's like yeah. already, you know, better than anything know, that has the 90th percentile of most bands that start off and just say they want to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So. Mikey boy. Okay, and then D-Boy. What? Oh, yeah. Donnie D. What do you want? My name? Daniel. Give him all your information. Give me social security, too. Six, three. No, I play drums. Come on, man. You said you're six, three? You're six, three? What? No, he was going to give his social, but he... No, none of us are six foot. Maybe Andrew, are you six feet? Dude, that guy's like eight foot. Okay. Play drums? How long have you been in the band? Uh, honestly, I, I don't even remember. I've been, I've been in and out a couple times. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think yeah. first time was 2017. Or no, 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 no. It was 2015. It was 2015. 2014, 2015. I remember all the trouble we caused. I was even on the band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how did y'all get in though? How did how did how did you join? Uh. To ask me. I mean, I've known him. I was in a band with him also, like in high school before. That was 2007 as well. Yeah, 2006, 2007. I was also in a band with Abel before that. And uh, I just took a break from being in bands for a while. And then... Yeah, but I used to I used to play rhythm guitar, and so I was like, I'm sick of playing rhythm. I want to just sing. So David was like, Hey, why don't we get Why don't we ask Caesar if he wants to play? I was like, All right. Yeah. That, that's cool that's crazy I, I, I like it how people find the shit that they're into and actually actively go out and do it like not a lot of kids that I knew actually played music other than orchestra I played violin for a bit but uh, I was always fascinated to walk like down the, the art hall and see the people like it's very you're really putting yourself out there when you're like expressing yourself through art you mm -hmm. gotta be like vulnerable you gotta be like willing to people make fun of you mm -hmm. And I don't know, I'm a very shy person. Are y'all shy people, like, individually? Dude, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, at, man, especially, like, starting off at that age. Like, when I started off, man, I was I was terrified of being in front of people. I created a big kit just so I could, like, hide behind it. I, like, I really, like, I was, like, almost, like, on the verge of, like, puking every time really? I played. Really? Okay. But, I don't know, dude. After a while, I just... When he turned 21, it suddenly went away. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, magically. <laughs> but see, I think that's something I've noticed between a lot of artists. They're very expressive, but they're very shy. It's weird because it, the the thing about it is you're in front of thousands of people, but they're shy. Are, are you shy? Are you tens, shy? Tens of people. <laughs> yeah. No. Hundreds. I've played in front of like a few people like uh, quite a bit. Um, no, you opened uh, up for Blue October. <coughs> How many people? Uh, there was... About thousands, about a thousand, probably in there in that big ass room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you nervous then, or by then you were like, "Oh, y'all were well, y'all partying, huh?" Initially, he's played he's played big shows. Like Daniel has played uh, with a band called Metaloid. Shout out, um, oh, and Gigadeth. <laughs> and Gigadeth. Uh, tell him about the 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 shows you played, Don. Uh, I don't know. I, I played a few. Um, I've opened for. Uh, I can't even remember, but um, yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> he gets nervous, he's shy right uh, now. Shit. So, but how do you work through that? That's what I want to know, like, because 
Like weirdly, I I I love comedy. I want to try. I've written some shit, but I'm super shy. I, I like I'm afraid. I'm terrified to get up on fucking stage. But at, at one point, I have to figure mm -hmm. out how to do it. So, what are some of the techniques, or what do y'all do, kind of like to push through that? Techniques, uh, literally just just fucking do it, there. right? Yeah, just walk yeah, over, you get over it. Right? You gotta get over it. You're not gonna know how to drive unless you start yeah. driving. You know, like, it's not gonna get any better until you actually do it. Okay. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a roller coaster. You know, you're afraid, and then kind of once that lift hill starts going, and you're really nervous, but then once it like you're there, you're there. You're, and then I guess after the, the wild, after you do it so many times, it's just like another thing. It's just a, a thing you do. I mean, I still get nervous, like, any time before we play a show, I take a, a deep breath, but it's kind of... Yeah, because you've already done it, so you're like, I already know what to expect, but you still get nervous. I still get nervous. Uh, it kind of sounds, it sounds, like, boring when you say, like, oh, like, once you've done it, it just becomes, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, even, like, the biggest shows, obviously, they're going to be, like, exciting for whatever reason, but even the smallest ones, man. Like, if there's one <laughs> person in the back, or, like, just one person on the side... Like losing his mind or singing along, him or her or whatever. I don't know. Like, dude, that, I don't know. Just one person to make another stranger react or right. have emotions that they wouldn't have had because unless, of you. Like hearing this stuff. Like that's that's. It doesn't matter how many people there are. It really doesn't. That's honestly the only reason why I'm still playing music, man. Is to be that rush like, that jolt yeah to, to try to contribute to something bigger than myself and trigger people by yeah, yeah. just random fucking sound waves you know yeah yeah just literally it sounds it sounds stupid man but i don't know it's not really no stupid, no it's <laughs> fucking stupid <laughs> no, no, no it's, it does it's, sound stupid that's pretty that's no it's pretty deep i think that's what i'm trying to say is like you do something in this in this world like the one time the way i saw it is i took some acid and I was listening to the, to the band Spoon. <laughs> wow, Rogan stuff happening now. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're real podcast there. territory. We so, just got to it. So I, I was tripping pretty hard, and I was in my car. Do you have any on you? Because I, I would like to take a trip. We'll microdose. We'll microdose. <laughs> we'll um, okay, so I was chilling. I was jamming to Spoon, and they have this one song. I'll play it right now. It's just um, it's just instrumentals, but the teenage dirtbag. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just naming a random asshole. Uh, no, it wasn't that song. It's called oh, Pink Up. I don't know. I don't know. It, no, it's called Pink Up. I don't know that song, but this song is just like music. Oh, shit. And whenever I was listening to it <clears throat> on acid, I was seeing like in my mind artists, like these artists in the laboratory basically, which is a studio. And they're basically interacting with, with physics and instruments and wavelengths and all this shit to create like a, a vibe and then they share this with people and people are like holy shit like you said someone plays something and you connect with somebody else someone else is like holy shit I jam I vibe with that and then you hear stories about people who go through like divorces or like deaths and like <clears throat> it's artists and music that kind of really help people get along through these difficult times there's like there's a metalhead uh, documentary and that's exactly what like the whole thing the whole the whole documentary literally just came to like the realization that like people like um, what is it basically if it's like a sad song or whatever even good good feeling songs but mostly they were talking about metal and like you know just being like sad or down dark stuff um, some people like lost their shit over a certain music because they were like, oh my god, like this person or this band or this lyricist or whoever 
knows exactly mm-hmm. what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like as alone or I don't feel like as lost, uh, you know, but especially like when you're young and like, you know, all this music, all this crazy intense music is like, like, like this super like impressionable fucking like little kid yeah. soaking up all this shit and like, I don't know, man. Sometimes like back then you hear some stuff and even if like the music is like so intense, you like revisit it later in life and then it just has like entirely different meanings. Right. So then it just like re-triggers all those same feelings of like, oh my God, like, wow, like I'm not alone. I can connect to this shit. Like somebody's felt the same shit and that guy's like still kicking ass. Wow. Like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. It has motivational. You want to hear an interesting fact that I found out recently? So right now there's a current theory that, this is going to get really nerdy for a second. No, go There's a current theory right now that one of the precursors to spoken language was actually using like vocalizations like melodies and stuff like that so Mm. like the notion of music having this kind of emotive or like interconnection between people to communicate or share different things in a way is very human within itself right what do you mean what do you mean so people were singing before they effectively yeah i mean Hmm. Think think about think about like people that listen to music like if you listen to, to music from an anime and you don't speak Japanese you can still feel emotionally right. what that song is trying yeah. to convey to you that's true. but that's because of the way that it's being presented to you and obviously now you have like production value and different instruments and stuff like that but using the ability to have your voice or vocalizations and not necessarily words that have some understandable meaning uh, or some common like vernacular. Hmm is a very innately human thing. If I have a, a harsh exactly, if I Dude. if I have a harshness to my voice, you know that that's maybe aggressive or something <laughs> that's bad to it or something or if I'm using a higher pitch to my voice, something in my falsetto, that's something that's beautiful or tender or mm. that kind of thing. So it, it, it I mean, I think the words help add another layer to it, but I think also like the the tonal text you know, textures and presentation. Yeah, the way you present the word, like the cadence and shit yeah, like that. Exactly. What were you going to say, bro? No, I just added to that. Like babies. Babies. Yeah. And actually, man, I just saw something not too long ago. Cats, man, they're purr. Cats yeah, yeah. have modified their purr to, like, uh, be within, like, a, a like a, a frequency that, like, uh, are, like they match, like, babies. Yeah, so same thing, thing with them. dogs. Whenever you and see a hell. dog or you hear them, like, cry in a very cute way or you talk to them in a baby voice, that's kind of this, like, feedback mm. loop of, of the domestication of animals, cats and dogs, and the way that humans have interacted with them. Yeah, so they figured out how to use sound. To manipulate like, us. Of, yeah, manipulate we, they us. They investigated us, in a sense, too. Uh, you know, when you were talking about uh, people first learning to speak, I don't know, have y'all heard of the idea of, of stoned ape theory? How Terrence McKenna postulated this theory that the reasons that monkeys evolved into humans was because when they were coming down from the trees into the grasslands in Africa, they were following the cows that were shitting and then mushrooms were growing off of these, the, the shit. So they started eating these mushrooms and they started having these trips and they were fucking having glossolalia. I don't know if y'all had enough mushrooms to where you're just like, oh, like just saying whatever the fuck they say that that was the precursor to language and that was kind of I don't know if it's real or not that's just an idea what do you have to say no I know what you're talking about I will neither confirm or deny whether or not I've had a mushroom I've seen you be like but uh, I will say that I know what you're talking about yeah dude Um, yeah definitely I can definitely like um, especially well 
Uh, Love a good shiitake mushroom my, burger. My, it's super good. <laughs> no, no, psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> oh, oh, it makes more sense now. I like the fried mushrooms yeah, from my right. uh, fucking uh, spankies. Uh, I will say that after psychedelics, I did change uh, a lot of the way that I see shit. And How so? What's t- what are some of the things that changed in the way you see things? Well, uh, trying to be like... Uh, Try to stick to the subject of like music and stuff. No, we can vary whatever comes to your mind, bro. Well, because it changed a, a lot of what I think about everything. But when it comes to music and like stuff like that, um, I just I felt like psychedelics and music. Yeah, it's just that the what do you call it? Like the universal blue. It's, mm. uh, it's hard to describe it. Um, it's like love, I guess. Yeah. Love is like uh, what free will. Freedom. Like, just human choice. It's weird. It's weird to describe, it, but. Um, yeah, like music is good for everybody. If you can inject music into people's lives, what is that fucking, uh, I Am Legend? Uh, Will Smith. What did he say? He's going off about Bob Marley, talking about injecting love and music into people's lives. Damn. So they will change, like, the world and shit. And I honestly believe that's true, man. That reminds me of, uh, who is it? James Brown, he has this quote, he says that music is the universal language. And it is, because it's, it's basically, if you break it down, music is math. It's just different frequencies, different intonations, matching it. But then you also have to put a structure to it, because you can't just have someone just banging on a guitar and making noise. You has to have a style and beauty, in a sense. It has to have, like, match some type of pattern in nature, because if you can just jumble up music, it sounds fucked up. It needs to have, like, some type of order. Well, nobody told you about that, so... Yeah, uh, so but I want I wanted to ask y'all about since y'all are musicians, wh- when did y'all start playing and what was it that got y'all into music? Mike, if you, you want to go? For, I know your dad played and he taught you as a, as a child. Yeah, my my dad was always in a band like before I was born, and literally I would fall asleep. My dad had this big garage, and had a stage for his drums, and I would literally fall asleep at the bass drum. And just surprisingly, my hearing's still fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they were rocking. They weren't pulling oh, back. Oh, yeah, dude. And so I kind of grew up off of that, which what's uh, one story I have is me and David grew up in that environment. My dad always had a drum set set up in the living room as well. And so, like, we always had music around us. Like, and um, I remember um, my, my parents got divorced when I was six. And... Uh, and me and my, it was just me and my brother David, and literally it was the saddest thing because uh, after they got divorced, my dad cleared everything out of the garage, Damn. and so it was like, and eventually it started deteriorating, and so you would see old speakers with holes, the garage had holes in it, and you would just see like a ghost, oh, like, a, like a haunted damn. house, dude. So it it was very heartbreaking and. Uh, and so I told David, I used to make David, like, because we used to play outside all the time. Uh, we had a swing set, and I would wrap lights around it. And I'd be like, hey, David, you're going to act like you're the bassist. I'm going to be the guitarist, and I'll get my neighbor friend. And I'd be like, hey, man, you're going to be the drummer. So I'd force him to do that, and we'd just, like, act How like old were you at them? Uh, I was around six or seven years old. Dang. That was last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> and... One beautiful thing, man, I'll never forget. One moment with my brother, David. Couldn't be here today because he's not feeling well. But uh, he, um, no, no, he's, he's alive. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, right before we, we had uh, played that show for Blue October, we stood on the side of the stage and I was like, hey man, do you remember when I used to make you like play act, with me? Yeah, like we used to be in the backyard acting like we're musicians. He's like, fuck, dude, I remember that. And like, dude, we, we both got kind of teary eyed. We hugged it out. We played a fucking great show, man. But, yep. Pretty much your dad, your dad taught you. Yeah, my dad, my dad got me into 100%. He's always been a good uh, supporter of my music, and I love him for that. Did did he go to the show when you opened up for Blue? Yeah, yeah, he did. My mom has also been a big supporter, too, so I love her for that, too. What what about you, Caesar? Caesar started his music because... He got into the Backstreet Boys. Oh, makes sense. It looks... Yeah. He wanted to dance like, on stage. I'm going to get an acoustic guitar. Or well, I knew I couldn't sing like them, so I had to do something. Okay. No, but what was it that... What What was it about music? It was Nick Carter's voice. Really? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck no, up. No, that's awesome. Is that true? That's beautiful. Damn. I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of truth for that. Yeah, that was Nick. For me, it was just like AJ. <laughs> Dang, you remember their names? I was, Shit. I tell you, I remember, but I never forgot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? For you listening at home, he just pulled up his shirt. There's a chess piece dedicated yeah, to Yeah, he has a tattoo of him. <laughs> I have all their signatures tattooed all over my body. <laughs> what about you, Drew? Uh, I mean, no, nah, wait. What, what, yeah. for no, for real, for real, be honest, man. Don't sorry, fuck around. I don't remember. I was like 12. There was no real reason for it, just because I liked the music. But wh- wh- where did you get in? Who got you an instrument? Or how did you start practicing? Probably my dad. I don't know how to pawn shop. I was actually a Randy Rose. Got a Randy Rose, like one of the shitty ones, for like six or nine bucks because my dad knew the guy that owned the Cash America. So I had an amp, and I just started learning like random ass, like Zone 41 and Zone 42. Zone 41, hell yeah. And that was, he did it for the nookie. That was it. We had a guitar class in high school where I think Mikey went up. Like for a year, maybe, but that's what you know, Miss Powell's class. Oh, yeah, but that's where we all used to meet. The rest of our band was there, and he was a drummer back then. Miss mm-hmm. Powell Orchestra, maybe? yeah, Milby. That's yeah, where yeah. I, was, I was in her she class. She had the guitar class that for lunch period was her that's guitar awesome. class, so literally anybody that wanted to just skip would just go there. Really, that's tight. She, Dude, didn't, she didn't give a shit. Oh, she, shit. she used to push our, us to play music. Oh, she like, was really like well, a musician. Every, every six weeks, you know, when you get your progress report or whatever, her main thing was you had to perform in front of the class. Everybody. Oh, shit. You, it, you had to perform something, otherwise you wouldn't pass it. He went to Milby, too. Yeah. I, yeah she I was my teacher. Yeah. I played violin. No, I was in the orchestra, too, but she had, like, another thing. It was just guitar class. It was bullshit. It was just for us to just fuck around with. But she wanted y'all to play something, actually. Yeah, yeah, we good. we played at Chavez, didn't we? That's awesome. Well, that was the orchestra. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no, with the band too. But yeah, we did it with. Well, we did it with the orchestra. Well. Mm. We competed against like some elementary school kids and lost. Lost? <laughs> we were like in eleventh grade. But what was it? You just liked it. You just wanted to learn. Because was there? Yeah, I actually started playing bass. That was what I first wanted to do. I don't know why. That shit only lasted like six months, and so I was like, "Fuck this noise." <laughs> Okay. That's cool. But was it an artist, like someone like, hey, I want to be like that fool? No, I mean, I got an SG mostly because of maybe like ACDC. Mm. But they weren't like the only band I was listening to. I I never was just about listening to one thing. Okay. What about you, Drew? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a little bit weird. So, like, growing up in our house, I mean, we definitely always had music on in our house for all kinds of stuff. So, my mom used to listen to a lot of, like, 80s rock and, and that kind of thing. So, I don't know. Lots of Journeys, lots of, I don't know, whatever, Duran Durans, that kind of thing. So, she definitely got me into, I guess, more, like, American music. Because my family, uh, they are immigrants to this country. So. From where? Uh, so my mom was an immigrant from Egypt, and my dad oh, came shit. from uh, from Syria and Sudan. Have you been to Egypt? I have. Really? Have you been to the pyramids? I have. Damn, dude, that's a my long, dream, bro. It was a long time ago, and I was a kid, and it was like I, I thought it was cool, but like it was lost on me, like what I had in front of my. You eyes. didn't really and, understand. I mean, I was nine, so I was like, it's really cool. I get it, but like if I go back now, when you're yeah, done, you'd appreciate it too. Definitely. Dude, that's my shit. Uh, I think Sunday I took acid again. I went to the museum. <laughs> it's gonna be a common theme uh i went to the museum the natural museum of science they had that egypt exhibit yeah. and i was i had my headphones and i was listening to ancient <laughs> egypt music yeah. and i was like kind of transported back then to like man how the fuck did they make this shit because I, I work at a machine shop i cut metal Mats. and this is fucking stone yeah. like hard basalt stone all different kinds of stones they're super hard how the fuck did they do it you know the answer dude what is it you know the answer tell me man oh god let's get into it come on oh, i want to hear it because uh, I have some crazy-ass theories, too. I don't know. He wants me to say, like, extraterrestrial. Well, I'll tell you my theory. My theory is even crazier. But so, in the, I grew up Christian, you know, right? In the Bible, it says that King Solomon, God loved him so much, he asked him, what do you want? I can give you whatever you want. Basically, like, I'll give you a free wish. And he said, I want wisdom. I want to be super smart. So, he said, okay, because of that, I'm giving you the wisdom and all the treasures of the world. And then he gave him this ring. And he said that this ring is called... Uh, the, one ring. the key of Solomon. So he, he said, with this ring, with this ring, you have the power to control demons. And so later, this is not in the Bible. This is a book that was taken off of the Bible. I wonder why. But it says that with this key, Solomon commanded the demons to create the temple. You talking about the Book of Enoch? No, no. This is the key, the book, the Testament of Solomon. There's the Book of Enoch kind of explains it too. How the fallen angels taught men how to like fuck with drugs, how to fuck with. Uh, mm -hmm. divination, astrology, numerology, all that weird occult type of shit. So that's my theory. I don't know. I can't prove it. It's just uh, a lot of the research that I've done with this, with this type of stuff. It seems to me to point out that maybe these cultures were fucking like praising these demons. And they weren't demons like bad. They just wanted to take the attention away from God. And in doing so, they granted certain humans certain powers. Wasn't Solomon Sumerian though? Egyptian? I don't know. I don't know. He was Sumerian though, so that was like Mesopotamia, that kind of. Maybe that's an Anunnaki. So close, shit. but a little bit, a little bit away from Egypt. I don't know, but all that shit fascinates me. It is. I mean, uh, take another nerdy detour, but yeah, I mean, ancient Egyptian society was relatively advanced for what it was, Fuck especially yeah. for things like gender equality, like women could be like yeah, the same landowners, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say completely equal, but it was a very different kind of like lifestyle, very progressive in terms of things like that, as well as a uh, like early uses of societal structure and specialization for jobs so people were doctors people were stone workers mm -hmm. and definitely i mean like uh, at least a rudimentary understanding of mathematics and from there you no for sure big as understanding of mathematics. yeah yeah well i guess comparatively to Huge, that, yeah, yeah i mean yes for the time they were super big brains so and yeah. just like everything about the pyramid all the numerology that's encoded into it yeah, it's fucking well well there's a lot of proportion there's a lot of uh uh like Understanding of geometry as well. There's a Nature. Lot of pattern. Yeah, yeah, I understood all that shit. And uh, have y'all done DMT? No. DMT? DMT? I've been to a DMV. 
<laughs> well, have y'all? I'm sure y'all done like high doses of mushrooms where you're like really fucking like in the zone. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. That, okay. Well, I do it all the time. But yeah. Nah. Well, when you when you go there, when you're really tripping in the DMT world, you go to this place, and when you look at some of the temples in Egypt, it seems like they're replicating what they were seeing in the DMT world. I don't know. It's just speculation, but it's just like. I just heard a, a podcast with Joe Rowe, and he was saying that um, they had some guys who study Egyptology. They were saying that the Egyptians were definitely fucking with Blue Lotus Lily, which is psychedelic at high levels. Yeah. So if they were tripping, this goes with the speculation I had about the demons. The Book of Enoch says that the fallen angels came and taught humans how to fuck with plants, psychedelics, drugs, all this type of shit. So what if during the psychedelic stage... These people are having angels talking to them. I don't know. No one can know. This is just speculation. But we didn't get to to Danny Boy. How did you get into music? Oh, uh, I got it. He finished, but it's fine. We'll go back to it. I just want to hear. I want to hear Danny Boy. I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm gonna toss it back. I got into music with aliens. No, I I got into music. Were they ancient or modern? Both. <laughs> uh, time is a concept. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, let me shut up. All right, so I got into music. Uh, honestly, man, uh, my mom like put a bunch of like Temptations, Four Tops, Coasters, Platters, Drifters, like a bunch of just old school like soul music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that stuff just blew my mind. I, I didn't like the radio or anything, or, like, some of the, like, Spanish music that my, all my family liked. I was like, man, it's not my cup of tea. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but I literally just started listening to, like, all kinds of stuff. Um, even, like, pop music, but what got me playing drums, the, like Caesar said, stuff like Sum 41, <laughs> Linkin Park, uh, you know, Taking Back Sunday, all that other stuff. But what would you like? Drumming was your thing. Like that's what you knew you wanted to play. You weren't like. Oh yeah, like I, I, that's the only instrument that like appealed to me. Would you naturally be like tapping on shit yeah, all the time? Absolutely, I would just fucking tap on everything. Tap, 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 tap. tap that's it. Mm. That's how I knew. And then how'd you get your first drum set? Uh, actually, like, I didn't really want a drum set. Um, I, 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 like I knew I wanted drums and stuff, and, and I didn't really want one until. Uh, my friend had one in middle school, and I went over to his house, oh, yeah. and I played, and I thought I did, you know, pretty decent, and he just totally shit on me, <laughs> like, totally <laughs> shit on me, and I was like, you know what, I was like, alright, well, I guess I'm gonna get a kid and learn for Nice, that, you so, use that as inspiration. Yeah, definitely, I was like, you know what, like, Fuck I, you. I can do this better, so like, I got one, I started like, figuring it out, I was like, oh, and then like, yeah, that's where, that's where it started, man, I just, I just did it. I took no lessons. Is that the kid Mikey bought? Uh, maybe. So all it. self-taught? Yeah, I bought that one for yeah. me. <clears throat> so you're basically self-taught? Yeah, I just kind of listened to an album and yeah, that's it. That, so what I'm trying to get to at the point is, see, when I was little, I played some guitar. I did want to be great, but it wasn't something that I was like, I want to play today, I want to play today. I think it takes somebody like y'all who's like, I'm sure when y'all were first learning, y'all were like, Y'all couldn't wait to go practice. Was it the case or? Yeah, for me it was. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, see, it, it takes that tenacity for someone to be to be really great at something. See, I like to fuck around with the guitar, but it wasn't really my calling, I guess. Everyone has their own special calling. What, 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 what's you? Okay. Continue, what are you saying? Go. Uh, Go. I don't even know why I fucking track. Oh, what's shit. the next uh, question, man? Uh, what were you pointing at him no, for? What's finish. your microdose? He didn't, he didn't okay. finish because we got off track. <laughs> okay, what were you saying about Egypt? You were saying something about Egypt. It's all good. We were no, just talking about no, it. No, because he was saying uh, about, about himself and how he got into music. Oh, did we cut, we cut you off? Then Oscar Isaac traveled through time and handed me a guitar. Yeah, yeah no, and he, he said, got... I am the Moon Knight, and was like, this is for you, and that's the rest of history. It was the end. It was the end. I actually... Somebody, who only, handed like, you... The only, like, Phase 4 Marvel thing that I've actually enjoyed. Who was... handed you a guitar? What did you say? <laughs> I just being a smart ass. No, you were... You, what were you saying? I don't even remember what you were saying about so how you got into it. Me neither. So let's keep going. Okay. Well, okay. What I wanted to ask you, what do, what do y'all think about, do y'all think some people are just born to play music or do you think, because look, I want to show y'all these little, um, this video about a couple kid proud prodigies. Little kid. Mozart. One of his favorite composers, My daughter can barely read. along with Bach and Chopin's. Music brings me happiness. Oh, don't call him okay, so he's a little Asian kid. You know, he's probably like five or six playing the piano, oh, like say, fucking badass. And then... I, I don't see where his race uh, comes into play. In no, I think that does have something to come into. Asians are the smartest uh, oh, people. It's funny because I couldn't see the video at all, and I like already kind of knew what I was looking at. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god Damn. Gonna, so, This band's gonna get cancelled No the that's good We need the controversy Okay uh, And then I'll we got His dad beat him <laughs> <laughs> I Hey him. I didn't say all that That's what I thought I was like man I, I wonder if there's no kids getting beat in it But no see I think so, Look we'll see this other one this, this little black kid He has a drum set He's five years old Y'all check him out Okay Look, I think you appreciate this, Mike. This little black kid, six years old, five years old. I guess my question is. What Tony Royster Jr. Tony Royster Jr. What is that? You want me to look that up? Dude, that's that, Tony. That's a little black kid who's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I think some kids are born with the ability to be great. But I think everybody has the ability to get there. But some kids have more of just a natural ability. But I don't know if that means they were born to play. They're just better at it. Because what comes to my mind is, I don't know, what do y'all think about either past lives or reincarnation? Do you think it's possible for people to bring knowledge or something from Yes, it's uh, entirely possible. But there's no yeah. way of like actually detecting and measuring that. Like, yeah, yeah there's no... Like, too much of a analysis for this conversation. <laughs> you don't, what do you think? I mean, I don't you, know. you think some people are just like 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 some of y'all? They just love it so much that they just want to fucking do it all the I, time. I think it's a mix of yeah. a couple of things, right? So you brought up an interesting point earlier about music that it's patterns and it's very mathematical and that kind of thing. So there are people that definitely have an innate propensity to be good at that kind of stuff, right? There are there, like like there were, there are going to be some kids that will run faster than other kids, mm -hmm. like four or five. There'll be some kids that could probably pick up patterns or have better body like control for the arm and leg coordination that kind of thing so i think they, that hmm. kids that are like this definitely are building that at a younger age it's for the same exact thing like why 
kids can learn languages faster than adults. Like your brain. So plastic. Can, yeah, your the neuroplasticity is there. So like your brain can make those connections much faster. Damn. So I think there is definitely some innate skill that these kids have, and I think it's a mixture between passion or their parents. Pushing them on, either pushing them on, or or maybe it's their parents, <laughs> maybe it's their parents introducing them, and it really does just kind of like yeah. catch their attention, that kind of thing. But I think that's definitely one of the reasons why you see kids who seem to be able to pick this kind of stuff up. And and that being, you know, that is to say, I'm sure that there are kids that are just truly innately gifted in that kind of way. Mm. It's just the way that their brain is wired. For the same way, like, you know, I catch twenty two is like. I'm tall, but I'm not necessarily innately gifted to be a basketball player, mm. right? Mm. So, yeah, you're right. I guess it's a mixture of both. I think, but I mean, that's nature that's the thing and nurture. With, I was gonna say that's the thing about all things in life, right? Like, it's nature and nurture. I'm sure, like, talk about I don't know, like, sports or bodybuilding or whatever. I'm sure there are some kids that who biologically will do better at these kind of things, but if you don't want to do it, or you don't figure, see, that's the thing, or if you don't come across it at that right age, right. Then I think it's the mixture between like opportunity and preparation, mm. like that, right, or opportunity and, and, and innate skill. So. I think uh, somebody said that the meaning of good luck is actually when hard work meets opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah that's what I'm trying to remember. What were you, what were, right now you made me think of Exactly. So there's a lot of kids. The, the reason kind of I made the show is kind of for my daughter in the future. I wanted to listen to just these kind of conversations I have with people. Because I like listening to people's story, how they came to be who they are, or figure out who they are. And one of the main things I've noticed that is so sad, especially in this country, there's so many kids who never figure out what the fuck they're meant to do in their life. They're just fucking, I don't know. Like, these little kids here, and y'all figured out young at a small age that music was going to be your thing, and y'all still do it, even though y'all have jobs or whatever. Music's always going to be a, a big part of your life. And I don't know, <clears throat> I wonder what it, what it would take for just to get kids to realize what their like gifts are. Because no one really, they don't really ask, at school they don't really teach them the shit that they need to know. Like, little kids can't survive on their own. And you should at least teach them the basics of, you know, how to take care of themselves. But they can't. And they don't teach them, like, just... How to make a prison shank and stuff like that. How to... <laughs> <laughs> it's really for parents, dude. Like, yeah, that is, yeah, that's true. experiment. Like, yeah. if you notice they don't like something, and they really don't like it, then... Try something else. But see, yeah. that's also the thing. A lot of parents, too, they just don't... It's a lot of work, but yeah. it is. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Some kids I mean, just don't have the resources, man. They don't have the opportunity. Yeah, too. So but see, like drummers, no like, it's not like that kid with a drum set. Not just anyone can have a drum set like that. But what about, um, maybe I'm just, I like to do whataboutism, but I'm sure there's kids that come out of poverty and like fucking figure shit out, like athletes especially. Oh, a lot of oh, athletes. Well, athletes in particular is different because shit, like before I started, run, before That's I got awesome. my first, my first kit, so my parents were separated. The only time I was able to play the drums is on the weekend to see my dad. And so literally one day we were at a dollar store and I asked my mom to buy me buckets. Oh shit. So they were like like wash buckets. So corona buckets. And so like I would practice on those. Really? I, I desperately wanted to play wow. the drums. I desperately wanted to play because my dad had his drum set at home, and what when I come say? home, like... What about that? You do No, well, the, he always let me play on the weekend, but when I came home to my mom's, I wanted to keep playing. Mm. And so I was like, Mom, buy me buckets at least. And she's like, okay. 
So they bought me buckets, and I'm literally in the garage playing buckets. Damn. And um, and eventually they they were the like cheap buckets, bro. Like like small little cheap plastic. You were like yeah, around. from the dollar like, store. Yeah. So like, dude, eventually they all cracked, and I was like, and then one day my my mom's uh, cousin Jimmy, he was a big part of my life as well. He was like, hey, um, let me uh, let me get you these drums. Then it was like a small little bass drum, like it's like a little kid set. Uh-huh. And I would play on that. And I was like, busted everything. I was like, okay, uh, I need a drum set. And eventually, like Caesar helped me get my my first one at a pawn that? shop. Oh yeah, yeah, the pawn shop off of uh, Close Bohemios. Yeah, that's the one. I, that's where I got my guitar. My dad knew the owner. Yeah, so uh, he helped me that, get the first one. We got the first one, and after that, just took off. And then I bought my second kit from Donnie. When did you get the? Is that the? Is that the original red one right there? Or did no, you those are the black pulse. Uh, yeah, yeah, I sold those. No, no, no. But did you have two red kits or just this one? No, this is this one. Oh, okay. You yeah. know that Ellie's house, right? Was that was that yours? The black pulse. Over there? No, no, those are Alex's. Those are Alex's. Yeah, but um, I always had had them set up in in my in my room at oh, my yeah. mom's on the stage. But um. fucking crazy. Yeah, man. And she wouldn't trip about you playing. You let you play, or you? Yeah, I, well, there are certain times I could play. There are some times I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, I would fight a lot with my my stepdad and stuff. <laughs> Why? Oh, because your your parents. Literally, my my room was next door to next door to my my mom and my stepdad's room. Uh, so it was like I had certain times I had to play. Dang. But look at you now. Damn, that's fucking crazy. That's why he's a singer. <laughs> <laughs> so why Solitude Endeavor? What, what what why that name? So um, me and Jose sat in a Denny's one night, and we were trying to come up with names, and we basically came up with this name because. It's basically, like, it always felt like it's just us on our own, like, trying to make it through the music industry. Mm, so, solitude. Solitude, and we're on the endeavor. Oh, so, shit. Solitude endeavor. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> what were some ideas before that they all were spinning? Oh, man. The Queers? I don't, I don't remember exactly the other names, but I know that initially it was Night Flight, and we had a... We had issues. I actually had somebody, a band from Germany, message me and say, what? "Hey, like we're Night Flight or something." I was like, <laughs> I was like, and they were legit. So I was like, "All right, I don't want any problems, man." So Go we're gonna have to change the name. They're gonna come over. Yeah. How the fuck they find out? Facebook. We're uh, Night Flight. That doesn't even sound cool. <laughs> we're Night Flight. <laughs> Back off. Yeah. Don't you need red eye, bro? Isn't that a red eye? <laughs> Okay. Dang. So tell me about when you recorded the album with when with Blue October Guy. So the the first album. What's his name? Uh, well, the first album was with the bassist Matt Noveski of Blue October. Yeah, I don't give a shit about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually cool as hell. Oh, it's funny because whenever someone asks what you just asked, they're not asking about him. Oh, that is damn. No, I was just giving. I'm giving a shout out. Because he's, he's cool as you. But, um, How did they reach out to you? They heard you? No, I reached out to them. Oh. Uh, I reached out to them because he had a... Like, he has a state-of-the-art studio. And so we're like, hey, man, let, like, let's try it out. And we went. 
recorded the first album. It was a hit. We sold uh, two million copies. Nah, I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, and then the 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 other two songs we went to Justin Fersenfield's uh, studio in San Marcos, and um, that's when we recorded uh, Consume and Hush uh, with Daniel and Caesar. And um, yeah. How was the experience though? Uh, how, he said he, you reached out to him. What you say? I just told him I was like, "Hey man, like, uh, like we want to record there." And does and he lease it? Like, does he rent it out? Yeah, he rents it out. So basically, with with his studio, Justin's studio, it's you get the studio time and you get a, a pretty much an apartment oh, connected shit. to it. So we we stayed there for what three days. Yeah, well, I stayed there for two. Yeah, we stayed there for three days. Did you smoke over there? A little bit. Nice. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're getting all mine. Oh, we destroyed that place. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, like, I'm just not we thinking about it. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. Oh, I did that. I do that. Yeah. Okay, and then y- y- y'all went out there. Yeah, we went out there, we recorded two songs. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, uh, we recorded those two songs, but uh, those songs have been. Uh, we initially made them like in 2015, which was man, that was like the darkest time of my life. Uh, if you listen to them, they're very deep, and um, like how you know we were talking about emotions and music and stuff. Like those two songs are like very emotional, and like when I hear them today, sometimes I get emotional because I can hear like the pain in my voice at that time. Like, yeah. Dang. What's up, so, um, yeah. So y'all went out there and y'all recorded those songs, and then what did he say? Dang, that's awesome. I want you to. Yeah. So as we're packing up, he uh, he says, "Hey, um, I would like to have y'all guys open for us one of these days." I was like, "What?" You took you shit right yourself right there. Yeah. So so I was like, "Okay, like." I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. This is yeah, see, uh, no. Daniel <laughs> probably blew him or something. We left Daniel left kind of early. Yeah, we left that day that they were gonna record the rest of the vocals. I remember he did come back with his mouth hurt. Hey, like this, oh, fuck. And then yeah, so uh, so yeah, so uh, about a year when oh no, I was in seventeen when we did. Was it? It was two thousand seventeen when we recorded that, right? Yeah. And then uh, two thousand nineteen came. And literally, I'm eating lunch in my car, and I get a call from Justin, and he's like, hey, how would y'all guys like to open for us at this uh, Houston Music Festival? I was like, uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, dude, it, it was so un- unbelievable. Like, I was like... What was the... Like, what went through your... Like, what were you thinking? Like, I was... Man, I was just excited. I called everybody, and I was like, guys, we gotta get our shit together and just rock it out, man. Dang, bro. And then tell me about the show itself. When y'all opened up for them. Oh, dude, it was cool. Uh, the parking sucked at the time. <laughs> the one thing he remembers. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, it was it was really nice. Man. There's one video on our YouTube of a song. Yeah, Is yeah. Is that when you guys were playing hanging? Yeah, yeah, and, and um, we actually took some shots with the. Uh, the band was it Hold On Hollywood or something? Because they oh, the, oh that was a whole little. Time. Yeah, <laughs> weird, but <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, it was a good show, dude. It was quite the adrenaline rush. Uh, that was probably the most people I've ever played in front of. Really? Yeah. Dang. 
What about you, Caesar? What did you think about that experience? It was cool. Nice. That's it? The end. No, yeah, that was fun. It was, like, that was hectic. There was a lot of shit going on. Uh, but well, y'all, y'all were party though. Y'all were drinking and shit though. Y'all well, like well, not before. We you know we, I mean we do drink before, but afterwards we were fucking partying. Because oh, yeah. I remember when Blocko was actually performing, <laughs> there were we were like standing on this hill, and we were just struggling to stand straight. Everybody like well, at least I did. I almost fell too. Everyone was just like going down and up and down and up the hill because everyone was just so fucked up. It was a steep ass hill. We really were, man. I was there, like, they're playing, like, hate me, and I'm just crying. <laughs> For real? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was, that was fun. Well, you wish you could have been there, but you you were probably... Yeah, what do you do for... You do some real interesting shit for a living. What did you say you do? What? what? <laughs> you know those robots I'm trying to date you, bro? kill us all? Don't... You work with robotics, right? This guy. This guy, this guy works for, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, pipe, uh, what's the robotic company? Robotics... What are they called? Robotics Inc. The, the, no, the, the little dogs. Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics. I don't work for Boston Dynamics. No? <laughs> but what do you like? Do I you... did interview for Boston Dynamics. Really? Damn. Damn. That shit's scary, though. I didn't get a job. I just I, I, I posted a... half of the interview. How? Anyways, How? Because it was uh, so I mean like in technical fields like that it's like it's like a whole day ordeal usually for interviewing so it's like seven or eight hours so you usually do like a phone screening. Then you go do an on-site interview. Usually you're starting off by doing a presentation about some of the work that you've done, that kind of thing. And then you usually have like five or six other engineers that are interviewing you. And they're like, they're going to walk in and just write a problem on the board and be like, solve really? it or design this or what do something f- like that. So screwed up one of the problems. Really? Yeah. But what, what, what do you do? Like uh, computing uh, with yeah, so the I, mechanics? Yeah, yeah. So I, I am mostly focused on software right now. So I'm like one of the software engineers, software leads for the, for the group that I'm working That's with. That's tight, Don. What, does this scare you? Do you think AI is possible? Uh, I mean, technically, yes. So I think what you mean by that question is, is do you think general artificial intelligence? Yeah, yeah, that right? I guess so. so. Where you can actually think on its own and make choices. That kind of thing. I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible, but I can assure you that we're very, very far away from that right now. We need, we if we ever do end up near that. Uh, but we are very, very far away from that. So, like, uh, I know, I, I think they're working on some shit somewhere we, we don't know. Potentially. Honestly, I mean, I think it's a lot closer than we think. And when it does, quote unquote, emerge, turn on, or start, or just really come, like, actually realizes it's a thing. When you say like, it's when far it has, away, like, do you mean that would it doesn't exist at all? Or they have for, it, for the mass consumption? No, I don't think it exists at all. Do you, like, we're not close to it at all? I don't think we're as close as people think it is. I think we are closer to forms of, like, specialized artificial intelligence. But, I mean, like, that's all okay. of the memes, right? So that's, like, all of the memes where it's, like, oh, look at this picture of a dog, and it has a square around it that says that's a cat. or like. Oh, rabbit. yeah, it's still very dumb. It is. I mean, but here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of the... Well, you're you're about to trigger me for a very long conversation. No, let's do it. So, we have to first of all understand what is the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning. Exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. But still, the thing is, if you okay, so have you seen like combat like AI? Have you seen like? I mean, I've seen videos for it, but but my my one question for that would be, 
And I say this, I you, say this because I've worked on on not for combat AI, but I've definitely worked at places where it's like we need to get a demo video for investors. We need to get something like that, and it's a lot more hard coded than you think it is. What, right? What were you yeah. saying that it's the difference between general intelligence and teaching it basically everything that you wanted to do? Well, so so the general so so there's so there's this big bucket depending on who you ask. So there's this there's this big bucket of artificial intelligence, right? That could be broken down to machine learning. So that's things like computer vision, that's things like natural language processing, that's things like text-to-speech, that kind of thing. That is machine learning, and, and what makes it machine learning is that you have a data set that you feed into this heuristic algorithm that then can fit itself to the Pick input up from data, that. Right, so it is, it is a machine that is learning based off the input. Mm. And that within itself is already difficult enough because you're talking about, oh, what's the idea of intent for things? So it is, it is very... Uh, very easy for you to overfit something one way or the other, right? Mm. So there's also a big conversation about data sets being inherently racist for certain things or being... Well, and it's true. It's true. Twitter it's became true. racist, right? The Twitter bot... Well, it's not only that, but it's also like, talk about like healthcare, you know... Yeah, talk whose fault is that? Well, us humans. It learns exactly, from us. Exactly, and that's what I'm going to yeah, point yeah. out. Is so, so when we're talking about special, specialized artificial intelligence or machine learning that is fit to data, it's only as good as the data set. And to Caesar's point, because it's humans that collect that data, it's not, it's never perfect. So point being is that at that point, it's some kind of regression that there's this input, there's a lot of fancy pattern matching, this is the output. There's the input of these pixels that looks mm. like a cat, this is a cat. This but there is no emerging consciousness that gets to be like, think and be like, decide it, where it, to go. There, there's a lot of interest in cognitive AI. And, and don't get me wrong, there are people that are interested in it, and, and that kind of gets into this fringe area of neuroscience and that kind of thing like that. But like, when you talk about something being evil or, or, or good or coming to kill people, that implies intent. By right? humans. That's a human idea. Well, and, and intent is something that arises from having an overall understanding of the world or the world around you. Like, let's talk about like funny like language processing. I'm trying to think of like a really funny example for that. Nah, it just comes. It just comes down to yes and no. It literally is just yes and no. It's, okay. it's the Matrix, man. Um, you have just it, it, it's, <laughs> same it's, movie names. It's zeros and ones. It's all within set like way of like operating. But that's and, more in the machine learning. If you're now talking about kind of that. Yeah. So what is the consciousness emerge? What, what, what I'm is, saying. What I'm saying is. Well, now we're getting into like some Westworld if, stuff, if, and we'll get into that. If you take all the different AI projects, yeah. whatever, they're all connected to the internet. It's all just like it's all. Like, it, it's all out there or whatever. The thing is that either one of these things, either one of these programs, whether it be, like, a defense AI just meant to search the internet and look for threats and shit like that. The thing yeah. is that if an AI is programmed to do a certain job, and if that job is to fix something or whatever or do something or whatever, like, just change shit, then it's going to do what it needs to do. And if humanity or anything like that was in the way of this thing performing its task then it's going to get rid of us. Yeah. It's going to choose so, to get rid of us. But that's what he's saying. It's it's like, to, it can to, only yeah. do what it's programmed to do. It's not exactly. going to... Exactly. Well, no but to your point, to your even, point if right you can, even if you say, protect humans, protect life, protect this, whatever, whatever, it's going to make it... To, it's going yeah, it's to... There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no way to like... <laughs> there's there no is. way to like... Like control it completely. Not if it's like true AI. So if, so if it has like its own fucking like choice to like save the planet or save humanity or whatever, it can kill off a third of us. 
And and that's a good that is a good point. And and kind of what you're talking about is the like the the morality aspect of it. We don't we should not hook up an AI that's supposed to be identifying threats or, or neutralizing oh, threats nuke. to the nuke, right? You don't you don't wire that into that. Not even a nuke. It could be it could be that it just controls the door the the, the locks on the door yeah. to a, a chemical. Open. I mean, you're right. Yeah, all the respirators be, to all the old people. But that's exactly. But that's that's exactly the point where it comes to like the to the to. To the ethics involved for the team that's working on that kind of thing to decide where to apply things or not for the same exact reason where it's like, you know what, it would be a lot easier for us to make sure that we don't have uh, any uh, uh, buildup of any kind of gunk or, or rust or anything like that on our pipes, you know, what? we should just put 100% chlorine in our water and, and um. some ammonia and that kind of thing. I mean, like, the idea of, of specialized artificial intelligence being dangerous. Yes, you're right. There are dangerous applications to it. There are people who will try and use it intent or with the intent of being malicious, but it's not a new concept. Some men just want to watch. Yeah, but it's not a new concept. I mean, like, look at how we've commandeered nukes, that kind of thing. Look at how we've commandeered and, and done stuff with data. I mean, look at how invasive and terrible Facebook is, or Facebook is able to be because they are a profit first company, right? Where they're feeding off of this stuff. And they, they've been proven to know that they are giving negative feedback to customers to try and make sure that they stay hooked up online instead of helping them find mental health and that kind of well, thing. So it's, like, it's, not, it's not a new concept. It's not a new concept. So it's like, I think AI and the... So AI is very much like a, a gun or a nuke or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily have a... It doesn't work on morality. itself. But it depends on how you apply it and the way that you either protect yourself or don't. So you're right. Should we hook up an AI system to, to all of the, uh, I don't know, all of the ICUs in a city and say like, hey, you know, is this going to be, uh, is this really going to put the, the state's budget over at the top if, uh, you know, they're costing that much money? Still turn them off. Yeah, like, like you're not going to use it in that kind of situation. And that is your job as, as you know. One, the engineer or the technical team that's working and on it. Then, and but then and two, the, the, yeah, exactly, the legislation people, us as society to speak up against but, it. Like, but, and then that, that's one of the arguments is that, like, so first and foremost is, like, the human element. So you guys, scientists, uh, the Jurassic Park thing, you were so concerned with whether or not yeah. you could that you didn't stop to think that... We like, should. We you should, like, if you should. But now you're taking a sidestep so, to the importance of fiction, right? Because that, that was in itself as a way to... to it's not. It's, uh, it's not fiction. It's just human nature. People it's, will do no, shit exactly, just as they can. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm about to turn this full circle now. Let's do it. <laughs> no, no, no. no do it. That's no, good. It's a really good. It's an no, no, no. Because like the thing is, is that that is now the importance of. So yeah, I work in a technical field. I work with like computers and stuff like that. But for me, like that's why I really love music because like art and culture and fiction and and these kind of stories like like uh, Jurassic Park are so incredibly important because they allow us to almost have these uh, thought experiments mm. of what would happen if you let science go completely un, you know, unmitigated. Actually. But see, I agree with what he says because whenever the atomic bomb was developed, they, the, the, theory, the idea was that if we turn it on, it could burn up the atmosphere. Yeah. And they said, fuck it, let's do it. Uh, so people, these people... The, the, I think that's also the funny thing is like, I think people are like, oh yeah, AI is just going to destroy the world. And it's like, well, it's it's not... Well, 
I won't necessarily say it's worse or better than humans, but it's like we also have other things that we deal with that could potentially... Well, I'm not worried about it. I agree with you that it's forever for that to get here, but I think that with the Boston Dynamic Robots, I feel like we're at a place where, I don't know, what do y'all think about Klaus Schwab, all these dominators? Um, what if they got a hold of these robots and like created a police force of robots? And with that, they don't even need an AI. They just but, control the robots. But that's anything else. Yeah. Like with guns, with AI. I mean, there's the thing about Boston Dynamics goes, let me say it this way. Talk about drones. Well, that's, that's something else. But like the Boston Dynamics robots in particular, what Boston Dynamics does is they develop incredibly impressive hardware and, and control systems for that hardware. They're not going into the AI fringe. What, what if the military is getting this to, and then creating their own? So now that's an interesting point, right? And that's kind of our job as society to speak up against it. That's for us to figure out what's going on, to be informed, for us to use legislation for whatever you want to view it as. But yeah, you're right. There, there are those like points there. But for yeah. the same exact reason that you can't get that's you know right. hydrogen and, and split it or go buy you know uh, uh, uranium and do terrible things with it too. That's another thing too. You, you speak like of legislation, like if it's easy. No, it isn't. It isn't. It's I, just, dude. It's dude. These things, they operate so much like quickly than we can ever. I know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that, like I said, like I'm speaking in a very pragmatic, there's like, gonna be like, idealistic sense. Yeah, there, there's gonna be just like a mo- like just like a, literally a switch is gonna flip, and then some shit's gonna happen. Yeah. And we're not. Like the way that we handle stuff now, like somebody has to get hurt, then there has to go like people have to file complaints, and then there has to be like patterns. Multiple people have to get hurt, multiple complaints, and then it's like, oh well, oh, okay, right. well let's do something about it, and then we got to talk about it, and then oh well, uh, recess. You know, like no, I don't you're know, right. We're we're it, it yeah, takes too right. long to like do anything or change anything. Technology moves too fast. Some shit. It's not that, I mean, it's just but you have to remember that it's always profit first, right? So it's, to his point, people get hurt. Let's let's look at Tesla and their infinite like. First of all, their Tesla bots are a joke. Like the oh the, yeah, I don't think that. I think but, he's just fucking around. But that that aside, but I mean, look at look at Tesla. Look at any of these other self-driving car companies. Like there has been more issues with Tesla. Yeah, they're not going to do it. No more that great of cars. They Tesla, can't do the auto, the robotic driving anymore. No they said they're going to stop or something, right? I'm going to say a hot take here, but Tesla, uh, Elon Musk is like a dumb guy's idea of a smart guy, mm. right? Oh, he's I think Alexander. he's a puppet. I think he's, he's been posted up there as a poster no, boy. Yeah, I mean, that guy's an Alexander Graham Bell. That, that, he's an owner. Yeah, he, Elon Musk's greatest uh, product is his image, right? Mm. It's his Twitter persona. Yeah. It's this kind of thing. He's a so cool nerd. His signature. The people yeah. like him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but I mean, there's a reason why they asked him to stop being uh, part of the board for Tesla, right? It's yeah. because he's driving. Look at Twitter; it's on fire within like four days of him taking yeah. over. Have you so just seen what they've been talking about? They posted on the offices of Twitter what the the employees are saying of him. Like, oh yeah, his, I mean, <laughs> he's not nearly as much of a rags to riches story as well. That yeah, his father owned an emerald company in Something Africa. Like yeah, but it's. Point being, to your point, Danny, I completely agree with you. It's like, but I'm saying, us as a society, it's up for us to be uh, cognizant and know about these things and do whatever it takes to make sure that it's for the environment of society, kind of thing like that. Yeah, but it's like, to your point, it is profit first, right? Look at Tesla. Yeah, look at all the cars that are exploding. Look at all of this. Well, it doesn't matter because Tesla can pay to to continue operating and continue to to reach that level of uh, yeah. penetration as a. Uh, uh, desirable product to have right that's a status symbol right that's like the new 
BMW or whatever kind of thing like that that people would want to have clout. Was doing the future. Do you have an optimistic or a, a positive or a negative outlook in the future? Like with all this shit that we kind of talk about. Oh me? Yeah. Like. Do you think like, humans will? Uh, I think we're watch out for his bomb shelter. He's got five <laughs> of them around the city. Do not look for hope. I think we're at a great awakening. Forsaken in these lands, man. Now, I think we're going through a great awakening. People are realizing that because of the internet, people are realizing who the who the who the fake puppets are, you know, and they're communicating even though a lot of them are dumb, but I have hope. You you, you think we have a negative future? I think that, yes, uh, people are, like, it's like the age of awareness. People are aware, yes, it's possible for people to change, I guess, but at the same time, there's 8 billion people on the earth. Mm -hmm. We are all different. Um, we all have different problems. We're all, di like, it's, dude, it's just, it's, 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 it's snowballed. Like, well, nah, let me man. Like, I'd say, but. <laughs> nah, dude, like, seriously. Damn. Uh, a third of the world will have to die in order for things to calm down. It's not going to get any better. Well, okay, let me. Thanos. He has spoken. <laughs> oh, damn. Saying, like, I, third of I was. I was. Hopeful? I was actually. It starts like, with you tonight. He pulls out his I was actually totally fucking, like. Montana's is like, you know. Really wavelength. Yeah, I understand. Oh, shit. I understand. Get the fuck out of nah, here. bro. Nah, bro. The thing is, man, it's like, he makes sense, dude. He makes sense. He has a of very course it makes sense. <laughs> no, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thing. So this so this goes back to what I was saying about. Less is more, of course, but this doesn't make it But this is what, good. this goes back to this idea of fiction and art allowing for us to have self-reflection. Mm. If you look at, like, the way that villains have changed over the past 50 years, Back then, it used to be very black and white, or like right after like World, exactly like after World like War Two, it was like the Germans or the, mm. the foreigner was the the villain. But like now, because we live in such a complex world, all of our villains are now like, yeah. Look at Thanos. Look at Killmonger from, you know, Black Panther. Look at any other bat. Look at uh, Dolores from a oh, spoiler or Westworld season one kind of thing like that. Why is it a spoiler? I love Westworld. The, the, I, like, I like what uh, what's his name did. Um, you know, Joaquin's Joker. Like the the way that they they kind well, of did like a character study about him. Yeah, but that's I think the thing is that like the world's become so much less binary, and it's become so much more of this like grayscale kind of thing. That's why your heroes are flawed. That's why your villains are potentially like oh yeah you know i kind of see killmonger's point i kind of see thanos's mm. point where it's like this thing it's like that's what makes them compelling not necessarily that you agree with them unless if you're danny apparently uh but <laughs> you know homelander isn't so bad no yeah. <laughs> that's a joke I, I, well like to re to rebuke your point uh there was this guy recently on joe rogan said that they, they have this group of scientists level now. there's this uh, couple, couple of scientists who are about to release this new technology who kind of resembles tesla te uh nikola tesla technology which is gonna offer some type of new free energy and this new technology is gonna revolutionize everything but who who's to say i kind of I, I, I like your conspiratorial mind that these guys don't end up getting murdered or this technology it's subdued or taken over and they take away this potential freedom that the world can get through this technology. Yeah, I forgot what's his name. But they, they poisoned that dude. Um, the, the guy, guy with that, the water car? Uh, yeah. I they hate that, that guy. <laughs> they straight up poisoned that dude. That's just... 
Well, and then they recently they killed another guy who did the water engine again. They shot him in the the, the Boston shootings that happened a couple months ago. Mm. Weird, huh? Yeah. And then y'all, <laughs> like, y'all ask I hate me, that, bro. <laughs> do you, uh, do you think that there's a hope for the future? I, like, come on, man. Nah, not really. That's that's a, that's very dark, bro. So what does your future look like, yeah. Daniel, boy? I don't know, dude. Like, these... give us give us your most. Right now, your most optimistic outlook. Well, yeah, what's the darkest shit that happens? Most optimistic outlook is that... No, pessimistic. I'm not not even... I'm not, like, I'm not... I'm not a religious person. Like, I'm not super religious. I have faith. I pray. But I'm not, like, super religious. I study all kinds of faiths. I, I appreciate them all. I like them all. But honestly, dude, this world will always be at war. We will always be different. We're going to be thousands of miles away. We will never understand the way we live about anything. Like, your life, not not only is your life totally different than Different mine, cultures. Whatever. But then think about just another country. Yeah. Any other country. It doesn't have to be third world or the richest country. I'm just talking about anything. From us to them, we're going to always be different. We're always going to see things different. We're always going to view everything different. Not only is that. this country so divided. Dude. A country divided literally in half. I'm saying different from other countries. Everybody's like, well, I'm just saying just just about America. Well, you got, you got everybody slapping labels on everybody. Right. Like, you can't be in the middle. Offending people. Either this but that's that. already becoming part There's, of the entire world. Just because exactly. Of, like, we're saying, so, there is no common ground. There is only one side or the other. And the only thing to do that, like, to fix that and to get rid of that situation, the only thing to, to, to actually bring everyone together to let them all know that we all cry, piss, eat, and shit ourselves and we're terrified. It's Solitude Endeavors music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Find it right now on Spotify. The thing I'm now is about <laughs> shitting and pissing yourself out here. This episode sponsored by Great Shadow Legends. Link in the description below. But seriously, the, the, the only thing that's going to bring it all together is uh, th- there's uh, in Revelations it talks about how the entire world will be like at war. And we're all going to get scared because we're all going to, like, look up. And I think that uh, there's going to be some, some like, otherworldly cosmic thing. We're going to be able to see some shit that's all going to scare us. Either, like, a meteor or, like, I don't know, a supernova that just looks, like, I don't know, just terrifying. Some crazy shit um, is going to happen. I think Beetlejuice is about to go supernova. Um, it's in uh, Orion's Belt area. Uh, but anyways... No, man, we're all going to have to, like, look up or be scared or, like, be threatened, like, the end of the world or, like, they're going to have to fake some UFO shit. Because, honestly, dude, we're all going to be different and nothing is going to bring us together. Nixon, I think it was Nixon, he was like, how quickly our petty differences or our worldly differences would disappear. Would be, like, um, like, disappear something like that if, an alien. if we were faced with uh, an otherworldly threat or, like, some cosmic threat or some shit like that. And that's fucking true, man. There's nothing that's going to bring us together unless we are all about to die. Dude, the day the earth stood still, it's not until, like, man is, like, you know, whatever. Like, it's, we're, like, on the brink of destruction where man's going to, like, finally fucking change. I'm just saying, dude. It's not going to happen. Okay, well, let me, let me ask you. Let me, I'm, I think I know, but do you have kids? No. Okay. I think that's... I'm trying to find this video, but uh, fucking Mike's internet is so slow. Um, there's a video where, um, fuck me, right? Always, <laughs> always. 
Yeah, you got the fucking cores of internet connectivity here. <laughs> no, the Kurt, Kurt, it's an interview with Kurt Cobain, and they're asking him. Um, Kurt Cobain? Yeah, Nirvana. There, uh, the interviewer is asking him. Um, um, so your music's always very dark and uh, pretty kind of, uh, you know, on the dark side. Did you ever have uh, second options when you were having a kid? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Back then I was very sad. I was very depressed, I have a dark outlook in life, and, and much of that was because I didn't have a steady mate, a steady girlfriend, which I didn't want to admit at the time, but then after falling in love and having kids, and he, you know, he made this cringy face, because he's, he's a grudge guy, you know, he was like, after having kids and all that, you know, it really changed my outlook of life, like, love really makes you change how you see the world, and, and yeah, stuff like that. his fucking head off. Well, I don't, I don't know, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. That's, another that's a whole subject. <laughs> yeah. enough to, like, I, I think, I don't think, I, I think he, it, they killed him. Yeah. They, yeah. I, they yeah, killed him. I've seen him. the movies and I've read like what most people have read about how it was possibly set up. But I think it was set up. Yeah. But, and yeah, I mean, it's know. entirely possible that he didn't want to be famous anymore and he just like left to go live in Germany or some shit. But there's, there's other things that happen. Like leading up to that. Tell us about all. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. About the guy that that came out on an interview, on a documentary that said, "Hey, they, they, um, that Courtney Love had paid him to, to kill Kurt Cobain." That's, that, that was the guy. And then, was old, huh? literally, yeah, the, his, <laughs> his, his <laughs> bad or bad his rifle. <laughs> no, well, futuristic. And then he was confused. Uh, like a a few days after he did that interview. He ended up dead on the train tracks. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's no, yeah, it's the world is a mysterious place. Princess Diana's driver was drunk. Okay, look, here it is, y'all. Check this out. This is uh, Kurt Cobain. Y'all just check this out. Can you just pause it real quick? Just yeah. Real quick, just real quick. What's up? We're talking about Kurt Cobain. This is a person. dude that wrote traumatic music. Yes. I mean, go look at the imagery are we, and, like, heart-shaped Literally yeah. call it rape, yeah. man. Are we all familiar with Linkin Park? Do we all know Chester? Oh, yeah. Do we all, like, know his lyrics? Come to Brazil. Oh. Like, as a kid, soaking that Tattooed shit up and then veins, revisiting brother. it as an, as an adult? Mm -hmm. Like, do we all know that shit? Okay. Well, that guy had a family. That guy had a nice family. Oh, yeah. He had a support system like no other. He had fame. He had the choice to walk away or to keep his life. But he was molested when he was a kid, bro. It doesn't matter. It could be any type of trauma, man. No, nah, that's something. That's, I think it, it doesn't matter. It could be that or it could be anything I else. I think having literally. kids, though, it's, it's, it, it, changed, it changed me. Yeah, and for real. And me too. I was dark like you, bro. You, you could be... I was evil. I was like, fuck, kill half of the world, bro. They're no, yeah, that, 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 that definitely does a positive <laughs> change in... I'm not, I'm not saying that. I don't well, want it's, that. It's just life. biological. How could you not see literally the hope of the future when you, you have, have literally yeah. the yeah. hope of the future or your future to some extent? Shit happens, man. When you're dealing with depression, like, Between speaking of the, the Baxter boys, Yonro, <laughs> the brother of Aaron <laughs> Carter, Oh, he died too. But that is to say, I completely agree with you. There is such a thing as like, I'm on TikTok. like depression, mental yeah. illness, for whatever like reason. Having having life experiences that will will inevitably affect the way that you view the world. There's there's also these like immutable experiences in your life that you can't. Yeah, continue. Mm -hmm. uh, what were you saying? No, I was saying I was uh, I'm on TikTok and for whatever like it shows you just random shit like on your page that you're not even subscribed to. For whatever reason, his live stream showed up on my page two days before he killed himself. And I was watching it for a minute because I haven't seen him. His face was all tattooed. Aaron Carter. Oh. He oh just shit. killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that he passed away. He was talking about how good his life was. He just 
finish this album, these songs, whatever. He was like talking about it in person. He was happy. People were bullying him, obviously. But he was just talking about how good life was, and he seemed genuinely happy. And two days later, he's fucking dead. Well, yeah. Depression. Uh, depression doesn't always look one way or the other. That's what I'm saying. Like with Kurt Cobain, it could have been the same. With Chester, we'll never know. I mean, it was the same. Hap- Who just died before Chester? Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, his hero. Yeah. He was Man. Also- the the unplugged uh, Kurt Cobain unplugged. Uh, he's singing. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, something about the whole night through. What is it called? Um, my girl. My girl. My girl. Yeah. So there's a part where he's singing and he has his eyes closed, right? He has his entire fucking like spirit and his soul is. You can hear it in his voice, Kurt Cobain. He's performing with his eyes closed. It is like sincere. It sounds good. It is the best fucking performance in my opinion. Yeah. Because there is a moment when he's like the whole night. And he opens his eyes, he looks around, and it's like, fuck, I'm here. If you look at his eyes, yeah, it is I the do, most painful. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It is the most painful look, man, in his eyes. And he closes his eyes again. Nah, through. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he finishes a song or whatever. Yeah. And when you look at how he, like, Send me that, ends that, that's, Send the last, that's the last thing. And people clap or whatever. But when you look at his body language and how he just gets up from there and whatever, you know, man, you know he's in pain. You know it's like sincere. You know it's the fucking, the 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 real thing, the real thing, man. And uh, yeah, it's because the camera just got like a glimpse, um, the perfect shot into the windows of his fucking soul. All right, well let's listen from him what he says. Hold on, that did it. In lyrics, and and just your whole stage persona is pretty angry, angst-ridden, frustrated. You see the world for what it is. Did you ever have second thoughts about bringing a child into the world? The oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I I really can't describe what what changed our attitude so fast. I think you know I was. I really was a lot more negative and, and angry and everything else a few years ago, but that was that had a lot to do with um, not having not having a mate, you know, not having a, a steady girlfriend and stuff like that. So I, you know, that was one of the main things that was that was bothering me that I wouldn't admit at the time, you know. So now that I've found that, the world seems a lot better for some reason. Yeah, just it really does change your attitude about things. I mean, four years ago, I would have said the classic thing, like, um, you know, how dare someone bring a child into this life? You know, it's just completely a terrible way to go. And, you know, the world's going to explode any day and stuff like that. But once you fall in love, it's, it's a bit different. But yeah, see, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't think he killed himself. I think he was killed, you know, like Jimi Hendrix. There's, I think I there's, know, I as that. a dad, I agree. Right? I agree. But the well, thing there's is, more, there's more people can be happy to have kids. Yeah. I, here's the thing, it is not so caustic in the world where it's like, oh, I have a kid, suddenly everything's okay. That's the thing. Like, no, but I'm saying, like, on top of what that, what his interview is saying, like there was evidence that. 
No, Something I, was I mean, going on. Yeah, yeah. But didn't Chester have a family that he loved and loved him? Like, oh, yeah. There's a video, like, true. his last true. hours. But, I mean, yeah, I was going to say. The thing with the family does, like, if you're an addict, like, he was, like, they hold you accountable to not do that shit. Mm. But if you really don't want to quit, that only holds you over for just so long. Yeah. Right? Okay, man. Eventually, me, me like, too. you're going to give in. Like, regardless of how much you love your family, you're still going to give in to the drugs or... Oh, well, that shit's that. addicting. That's. Oh, I should have. That's the problem. Yeah, Hannah. She, she just finished her addiction, her addictions class. Damn. She would have been able to. Family, like a support almost. system, helps and it definitely makes you feel better. But after a while, like he she's said, not like, an addict. She's, she's really miserable. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say. Who knows a lot about she, She's not an addict. She's a grad student. I like to go on on formal record. Well, I'm sure maybe she's talked to you about uh, Doctor Gabor Mate. I'm sure you've heard of him. The guy who's he's into psychedelics, he says that most of addictions and problems stem from some type of trauma in childhood mm-hmm. that eventually comes out as some type of addiction or some type of hindrance that keeps you from being part yeah, your best potential or whatever. It is also genetic. It can be... Yeah, you can have a genetic predisposition, but it's kind of like what you said. So when you talk about like mental health and, and like clinical psychology and, and that kind of thing or, you know... It depends on your particular theoretical understanding of things, right? But yeah, I am of the opinion that it's a mixture of, of you know, nature and nurture, right? So you could have a genetic predisposition, you could have traumas in life. I don't think that there's a single. Well, you hear about you know, crack babies? That's a real thing. Oh, it is. Man. It's really sad. Yeah. I, oh man. You know, you know that movie, The Bad Seed, Mm-mm. where it was like basically it was like a murderer had a child, and that child like. They didn't know that they had like a murderer for a parent, but the child like ended up like killing some people. They were talking about that, whether or not it could be like genetic or whatever. But honestly, dude, we're all products of our environment. Mm-hmm. If I have no idea who my parents are. Maybe I, I don't know. Like maybe fucking Hitler had a son and he didn't know that his, his dad. dad was Hitler, <laughs> and like he grew up with like some like Jewish yeah, but it's not yeah. Who loves him? It's never for like an alcoholic because you don't know who your parents are, but you take a sip of alcohol and you're like, oh shit. Well, but that's I was gonna say it. Yes, so talking about having a genetic predisposition or biological predisposition for certain kind of things. At the end of the day, it's all brain chemistry, right? So if you have a genetic predisposition, the way that your neural pathways are firing, the way that your your you know, like I like I need caffeine or I need fucking I need need fucking sugar or else I'm gonna fucking be angry, like or something like that or maybe. I'm sugar cube Hulk. I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know. It's like the shape of my head makes me. But I, but that's what I'm saying is like I think it's a mixture of both. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's a mixture of both, and I think that slider moves back and forth. Sometimes it's really all, it's like much more bias on the experience side. Sometimes it's much more bias on the experience. Like you side. said, it's a gray scale. It's a gray scale. Everything in yeah. life is there, like everything in life I is a continuous. Like I'll keep saying the whole time, everyone's different. Everything like with AI, everything like mm. it's just all crazy. It's not controllable. What, what, what about you? You have a positive outlook, negative outlook? I mean... Because it does seem at the moment like the country is fucked. Like a lot of people say, sense let me, it. Let me rephrase it this way. I have a hopeful outlook. Mm-hmm. I hope for things. But I do also... I think we're reaching a critical mass in yes. terms of tension. Eight billion. Yeah. 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 But see, we have enough so, space. It's just people don't... No, 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 no. The city, we're not meant to be living in cities, bro. No, maybe we have space, but do we have resources? Well, I think we do. But this goes down to a number of different things, right? So, like, Grow we, hemp. We have, we have multiple things that are very orthogonal with each other. Because, yes, to, your, to what Danny was saying earlier, humans are innately tribal. 
we are social creatures. We will do whatever we can to be insular and protect ourselves. And that extends at many different levels, whether it's me in a band against another band, whether mm. that's me in a city. Oh, the Houston Astros. Like, that is a tribal thing. And that grows all the way up. Oh, Texas is the greatest state. America's the greatest country in the world. That kind of thing. Mm. And it, it grows at every level. And yeah, it's like, is, is, is that global? Well, but you know the funny thing is, is like you talk, you start looking at this. So this still supports your notion of like what happens if there's an alien invasion. Suddenly, that is the thing in all of us that unifies us. Uh, right. That's why I was joking. Well, that's Project Bluebeam. I don't know if you know about Project Bluebeam. Is this conspiracy idea that they're gonna fake an alien invasion to get all the world to unite? But I, I don't know that that kind of stuff to me gets a little woo. But I mean, like it's. I think it's human nature to want to take care of yourself, right? Like, like the the funny thing is, is like you look at anything whether it's good or bad again it goes back to what i said there's no such thing that is inherently evil like i'm not gonna say you don't think like, there's such a thing as evil no no no. i'm saying that there's no like conceptual thing that's inherently evil and by that i mean like an ai a gun uh oh, okay okay i understand you know nothing in itself it's what people choose to do it, it's how it ends up being a time that, that's separate from me believing the concept that evil exists or something like that okay that, but but what i'm saying is viruses are no, no. But that's the funny thing is that is is it really evil or is it doing the same no, thing that we as humans are doing, which is trying to just continue to exist? Uh, we, we are biologically wired to do two things, and I'm gonna take this from my high school bio teacher. We we literally try to to eat and have sex. Eat and fuck. That is the only thing that we need to do biologically. Hey, you're leaving the out, brother. Hold on. Let me interrupt you right there. But what are we leaving now? Drink, drink beer. Too, baby. Oh, beer. Drink too, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm gonna steal another quote. Alcohol is God's apology for self awareness. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Dang. I'll cheers to that. What is alcohol? Is God's what? Apology for being self aware. I, I need you to text me that. Text me that. Drinking age. Yeah, right. Breathe. No, but but that's the thing that I was saying. It's like, is a virus inherently evil? No, it's is just it, doing its thing. But yeah, but is exactly. But you want to talk about like right now we have this issue in the world where, or let's let's look at America when it comes to like the divide in politics, right? Whether you're you tend to lean Left democratic or, right. or or you know yeah conservative or liberal. At the end of the day, what you are doing is you are buying into this ideology, aggregate cultural idea that this is what is the best way mm. for you to take care of your family. Okay. So whether you believe big government or small government is, at the end of the day, when you look at it, it is what's probably going to be best for you and your community. Right. And then it will be dependent on your socioeconomic upbringing, where you work, what tax bracket you're in, the See, color of your skin, that kind of thing that will help dictate or help motivate which way you fall but at the end of the day the underlying reason that you tend to view things one way or the other is because you're going to take care of your your clan whether it's your family or your astros team or that kind of thing okay but i think right now things are so polarized that people are it is so up and yeah but that's the problem that's 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 the problem is you are also trying so there's a big issue with it and i'm going to like kind of like quote like that is one of the things that george washington said in his farewell address is like be afraid of political parties this was not the intention mm. for the way that this country was supposed to be run. if you if you want to buy into the idea that the constitution is still a valid way for you to govern an entire country of people well there's too many people well yes so yes it's right now the context that the world exists in is very different from whatever the framers of the constitution well just 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 even in america there's too many people man yeah. um like uh just living here in Houston, Texas, or whatever, we have a way of life 
and we see things and we do things on a day-to-day -day basis. Literally, our way of life and the shit that we are around is not the same as being in Oregon. Exactly. Right. Look at, look at like if you're in Oregon, you're dude. They literally they drive slower. They're chill. They are. Well, it's predominantly you want white. Man. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a little, like their their landscapers are even white. Like it, it's, it's okay. It's crazy. But I mean, that's a point. that's actually a really good point. Like you look at I was there for a long time. Like I I noticed a lot of things. Um, it's just, and then even then, like, uh, you know, people on the West Coast, people on the, like, East Coast, um, they, the different cultures, different foods, just being, like, in, in America, and, like, oh, man, what was it? Sorry. Uh, I, it's just, no, but what I was saying is, like, a big issue that we have is that we literally only have option A and option yeah. B. And the blood. world, mm -hmm. yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. And that might work well for like a neighborhood, maybe. No, not yeah. donating gang violence, maybe. But yeah, yeah, but like the point is that we, again, to what I'm saying, we live in this very continuous world, and yet we are still trying to fit it into binary groups. And mm. I would say that as somebody, I don't feel fully represented as blue or red. Yeah, depending dude, on the I, don't, I think it's, I and think that's a big issue. It's like is, now you have to pick. It is the. That's the most stupid part of it. Like that, it is the dumbest either or. thing. It's either you, or. And that's what I'm saying. Like everybody has to pick one or or B. There's no middle ground. It's like, oh, you you believe in that, but like you don't believe in that. But yeah, what but else? What do you think about this? Oh, well, then that means you're a Democrat. In a, in a weird and in a weird paradoxical sense, that is tribalism showing its head because exactly. you have to be a part of my tribe. If you don't believe in everything in my tribe, you are not in my tribe. So there's another way around it, and that's for self-govern. Your own shit. Yeah. So whether it be I agree city, with that. Hey, which is like the hope. Hopefully, everybody gets to do that later in the future. Like honestly, um, it needs to not be so much big government and start giving it to like each state. Uh, that was because to be fair. That was it, that was the intention. It has to go back to the state, and then from there, it'd be better if that state started dividing shit up. Whether it be like city or to be fair, Texas is that way. Like, like that. people can do their mm -hmm. own things, live their own way. Like Austin life. is way different. Than like dude, than Dallas and here in the what south. Gonna, here in the south. In the south, it's rough country. Like yes, we are. Like there, there's a lot of land. There are a lot of people that are in wild territory. Not wild territory, but dude, it's not rural. The city. Well, you tip dude, your like, last cow now. You call the police, man. They're gonna show up. Like. Minutes and minutes and minutes later, okay. Oh, yeah, so we need we need certain shit, and it, when like these are just I mean, wow, this is over. Regardless how you feel about guns and shit, like it's a way of life here. Um, in cities, in any city, even Houston, I honestly don't think that like there's that much of a necessity necessity for like uh, an assault rifle or whatever. Even though I own one and I will never give it up, I don't think you should have it like in the city because the city is like a thing. There's too much. There's too much chaos. Yeah, but it's aren't you about freedom? Didn't you say you, about, you were talking about freedom earlier? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We have the right to, and I love my rifle, and I'll keep it. And you're gonna have to come fucking find take it. it from me. But like, you see, exactly. Like seriously, I'm sorry. I'm from Texas. Come and take it. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. But um, like, it, it's just there, there's there's things where you know if you want to live a certain way, then you live that way over there because that's what your life hmm. in that area and that part of the world literally because houston, uh, houston is not just like um like a part of like texas or whatever like it, it's it, texas it's is all of texas or whatever but like other states you that's that's thousands of miles away dude hundreds that's a different world is it? like 
they have different vegetation. Um, like they have di- they have snow. Like it's different shit. Yeah, different um, environment. Like across the board, it's just different. Everything's different. Whatever. Everybody has McDonald's or whatever. But seriously, dude, we have different Starbucks lives. are one are it's, one unifier. It's all what were you gonna say, Mikey? Oh no, basically I was gonna say um, super basic, but uh, you know I always have people asking me like, hey, who did you vote for? Like. Uh, really? Uh, Kelly Clarkson. What, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they asked me, like, what side Like, you who? Are? Your people at work? Like, people yeah, at work? people at work. Uh, you know, this my family, too. They're like, oh, really? who did you vote for? This now is like, you know what? Consider me a fucking hippie. Right. You know what? I'm out. I, I, I just go with the flow, and I fucking pay my bills, and that's fucking it. Well, see, that's what I wanted right. to talk about with what you were saying. Brother. People, uh... <laughs> D D boy Danny boy was just saying that people are gonna have to separate, and I guess that's what's happening with the people I'm talking to in this podcast and uh, the people I communicate with on Instagram. They're creating their own communities. They're going out into the country, buying land with uh, families. You know, all putting money in together, buying land, buying the farming tools, all raising their kids together, kind of like a commune. But it's they're saying fuck the city. Exactly like a Right, but th- but there's a cash kind of too to that. So okay. so that's the thing. It's like you're right. Like I I was, I mean this is like a meme at this point. It's like, why can't I just like go live out in the forest and not exist? off the grid? Yeah, yeah, but it's like oh crap, I still want to look to TikTok. Right, I need to go to Walmart to go get like Call of Duty sixty eight, whatever the fuck it is. Right, like I need Ethernet. Y'all play yeah. the new one? You like, play the new one? No, no, no. no. no we were talking about that earlier. Okay, no, and then yeah, we live it. We need to live in a society. It's, like, it's, it's the thing is that there's this like paradox is that we still exist societally or the world that we grow up in there still needs to be that level of interconnectivity right so like you're talking about all of the negatives of government and believe me there is a huge list of things that i, I think they're all negatives except the post office well uh, but i was going to say but there's this other thing what about the road that we drove to get here to there's a reason we can do what yeah, we're doing right now without fear of someone just breaking through this window yeah we live in the safest time i guess uh, yeah no, not the safest maybe not the safest but like very safe compared to the past where you could just get mugged control I guess. But but that's kind of the like whole like Hobbesian Leviathan social contract view. Like that is the whole thing that like Right. To have this you have to have this society the way it is. You now. need to have people that agree. Like it's it comes down to this book. Leviathan? Leviathan by Hobbes, yeah. We're getting I'm, philosophical here. Levi- I'm gonna oh, check yeah. that out. Yeah, you're ready. You read that? Dude. <laughs> You got to speak another language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. By, by Just who? invite me to your podcast if you ever want to get really, I really, really talk, Yeah, you, you know a lot of cool, interesting shit. And you, I want to talk about robots with you more. Okay. What do you think about sex robots? You think gonna be, didn't they try to open a sex brothel here in Texas? Dude, I don't know anything about them. All I'm, oh, yes, you did. He had the address written down and everything. Dude, let's go to Japan. The beta testing listeners. <laughs> well, they have the here, flashlight. Right the book, Leviathan. Move. I don't know how to spell that shit. How do you spell Leviathan? Like this. Like, Levy. Nothing. <laughs> Levi. Levi. Oh, no, I don't want him to be listening to me. <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that shit scares me too, but I still do it. Yeah, I know. See, it's always listening to us. Your phone, it knows what we're fucking doing. Oh, yeah. No, they got me, dude. Hey, Google. Leviathan. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, hey, Siri. Thank you. Uh, well, what is this book about then? What what is the synopsis of it? The the biggest thing about Leviathan, or the like, the biggest takeaway from it is this idea of a social contract, and like that is where okay. it comes back to this whole idea of tribalism that I was mentioning. Sorry, right? So, so so the idea of the social contract is is that because I don't want you to come in and rape and pillage my house or burn it down, and and I don't want 
you know, and you don't want me to do that to you, we're going to make this contract and we're going to exist mm. in a way, right? So, like, this is a one of the ways that, like, society is, is maintained. maintained, right? Or this is one of the, like, lenses mm. that you could view that society and, and that kind of modern era started to arise from, right? That's why we're not a bunch of cavemen, you know, fighting each other. Was and that, to, to that, that point, of God intro? Uh, uh, if I, Amorita. No, but see, I think if that's... If you kill me, or if I die, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Such is the way of honor. If you kill me, or how does that, how does that go? Yeah, now we're good. Say that again? Uh, there's the Omuerta. It's from... Uh, if I live, I shall kill you. If I die, you are forgiven. Such is the rule of honor. Damn. Is that like a Japanese quote or something? It sounds like some type of Japanese. Hey, by the way, tribalism, real quick. No, it's I Italian. I just want to say one thing. It's Italian. We can go to Japan, and we can live there forever and ever and ever, amen, and we will never Pokemon. be Japanese. Is that what you said? But we can be from anywhere and come to America, and we can live here for like a month and then be American. Yeah. You can be Japanese. I just want to say that. You can. Like, I love this place. And I, it sucks and shit, but we have it. Compared to the yeah, well, this is the best. Dude, I'm, this country does not suck. This I'm so best. proud to be an American. I'll tell you that much. I'm not proud, dude. But uh, you should dude. be. You should be proud. Oh, yeah. proud. Oh, what would make you proud? Dude, we've done a lot. We ha- you not you the government. It's we're a baby, baby, baby. No, no, no. But here's who has But here's, Canada's a uh, Here's the thing, though, is that 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 there's nothing wrong with saying. I, I will be honest because my family immigrated to this country. Yeah. I would much rather be an American than maybe some other things. That to say though, I I would want us to be our harshest critics and say that we can do better. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we're perfect, and that's I think yeah. that is the important distinction, mm. right? Yeah, and I'm not, not saying that America like like I'm not gonna say our fart smell good kind of thing. Like no, like, no there's no. a there's definitely a shit ton of stuff that this country has done and continues to do that is unacceptable. And but that is a difference from saying that you're you know what I'm saying again this goes back like, to this like binary like I don't hate America but I don't necessarily think that everything was uh, you agree like, entirely I'm, with everything I'm, I'm like if somebody asked me I'm gonna be like yeah dude like like if I have like first of all I think it's awesome that we can get our passport like so easily and uh, just to be able to be an American and do that and travel and stuff like that is fucking awesome and to and, and furthermore if I was to go to any other foreign country no matter where it's at like I'm not gonna just be like one of those like haha yeah fuck you guys shots everybody like wild out <laughs> Americans like that's that's how you get kidnapped and like you know sex trafficked and stuff like that but um, like if you ask me I'm gonna be like what's up yeah that, that's that fucking movie it's been so dude yeah, yeah. Brutal. Brutal. they actually fucking... they actually in that movie the they like, charge more porn. they charge more for the Americans and that's cause people don't under underrated movies. One and two are crazy. Like, you like yeah. And I was like peak gore porn, like two thousands early Okay. He's like he's like drilling him in the in the knee or something like that, and then he's like oh, and he just like throws up and stuff. Dude, he starts throwing up, and like I was like all right. I was like, hopefully this isn't real. Like I don't want to get in trouble. I don't think it's. A and show. then like, but yeah, dude, it it. It looks like it, but it isn't. I don't think. It, I don't it think really. I mean, it's it's on the line. It's visceral. It it's is on the visceral. line. It's on that no, line. No, what's his face? What's his name? The Mike Jones. No. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's his first name? The director Rodriguez. The Robert Rodriguez. I don't think it was Robert Rodriguez who did that. Dude, the the. 
I mean, he's known for making some. Dude, he's like, you want to go shit. free? Like, his Achilles tendon? And then he's like, all right, go. Yeah. Like, run. No, because yeah, I think around the time Saw came out, Saw 2 was pretty. Saw 3 was pretty brutal, too. What was the one where they travel and they, uh, Hostel? Yeah, what do you yeah. think about Hostel? That shit's too dark. Yeah. But you know, that shit's kind of real. People do that shit. Rich people yeah. buy people to do that no, kind of shit. No, human trafficking. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, all that Bro, kind of shit. Literally the, the most Clinton's. dangerous game. Like, it's the fucking most dangerous game, right? No. But see, to heart back, to turn it all back it's around to, to music, I feel... Hunger Games! I feel... Uh, I have a oh, positive sure, outlook. It all comes to music and the state of the world, a positive or negative outlook. I feel, as humans, we all yearn to be either free and loving and music is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I just saw this video today I want to share with y'all. I feel... The porn? No, no, no. I'll show yeah. that later after the show. But what? this what is. What are you gonna do with that cup? Those two girls. This is. This is a concert somewhere in Sweden, and it's this. Why is that lady in the tub? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, no, don't listen to them. This is bullshit. It's a video of this concert in Sweden, and uh, the title of the video is this whole. Um, this whole crowd dances together like one big entity, and what I want to point out about it is I think that humans. With, with art, it's like it all stems music, art, any kind of art, has the potential to liberate and like unite us all together, despite all our differences, despite the different ideas that we have. So just check out this, yeah, check out this video and how these fucking people, all these people, they don't know each other, but look how music unites all of them. Watch this. I don't know. Yes, but watch, but look how he, all the people in unison. No, the song is to the left. <laughs> but look how. It reminds me of a flock of birds. You ever see a flock of birds like moving unison? But like to me, that is more powerful than a dictator like trying to muster up their troops to go fight a war. Yeah, but dictators can't make sick beats. No, exactly. The the left cane meme or whatever that idea is that the dominators don't know how to really use this art or, or a way to like really get people's emotions to like well, motivate them. Some people by torturing them. By dude. They use fear and dude, torture. And imagine a president that made music. Dude. Yeah. Dude, that would be fucking yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes. That would be sick. Wasn't that Clinton played the jazz. Didn't he play the uh, saxophone? I'm talking like lyrics, everything, dude. Like, oh, Jerry Cantrell? That's a good, that's a good one right there. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Jerry Cantrell for 2023. He wouldn't give a shit. Man, do you remember? Uh, do you remember Slipknot Caesar? I will never forget Slipknot. <laughs> do you remember being in that crowd, dude? Like no, that shit's all, wild. all those people waving their hands. By the way, uh, Slipknot calls their fans maggots. Really? Like all their fans probably are wearing black uh, and all their arms waving. Oh, it looks like a sea of maggots. The maggots are white. That's what they said. Well, they're all. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Dude. So, yeah. Holy shit, that's, I just got the image from above. That's why they call the fans maggots. Damn. Like, see you maggots. 
Um, but I was gonna say, like, uh, yeah, man, the intensity. It was at Verizon Wireless uh, in yeah. downtown, or I don't know what it's called now. Um, they keep changing the name on Revention? us. Revention. Yeah, something like that. You want to see music really moving through? Oh, I've seen this. <laughs> Dump set. But that's not the original audio, right? No. It's a. Uh, so it's a bunch of emo people like dressed in black. Dance into this Christmas song. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But see, even that it unites his weirdos. They're all united. But you brought up an interesting point, though. Talking about tribalism again. That's why mm. that's gonna be my punchline. I'm dying on this tonight. But like, look at like freaking hardcore metalheads or whatever. It's like, oh, you, you, oh, you, you like. Taylor Swift, there's no way you can also mm. like record death. Mm. That's all bullshit. Because all all those guys grew up, and then they started listening to like Ruby Stank and admitting. Oh know, yeah. Doing all that shit. Yeah, it's all a, that was all a front and like an image. It's I mean it's definitely like a superiority complex, but it's a funny thing. Like go to yeah. the YouTube comment section. It's like I'm 16 and I'm 14, and I still listen to real music like this. Yeah, well, Dude. me and Daniel, we went to a lot of metal shows, Dude. especially because of his old band and the people they are. Like how you see them in YouTube comments, they're for real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I you totally know, believe you it. You know, you know that uh, Lords of Chaos uh, movie. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Right. So like they're, they oh, the they just played name? a show and they're like in a diner eating and he's like hey like blah 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 like I said like meeting each other, and the guy looks at he has like a, a scorpion's patch. And he kind of just like points at it all like smart ass and kind of like ignores him and like walks away, kind of like dissing him. He's like, You listen to Scorpions. Man. Like, puss. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it's all bullshit. Like, mm. that dude probably listen to Scorpions. But the thing is, a lot of metalheads really love Scorpions, but only old Scorpions because they weren't sellouts. That's actually why. I, like, I ran from that metal scene after yeah, a while. It's, it's still like that to this fucking day. I just want you to know that I'm incredibly smart. Cause I yeah, was I tool. was considered a sellout <laughs> once I started my band. <laughs> So, to, I guess to close it off, do you think, since we talked about music and tribalism, do you think there can come a point where seemingly different cultures, even people that hate themselves, can ever come to a place of, not agreement, but agreement to disagree? It's up to them. I'm hopeful. Individually. I mean, yeah. no, one, no one can say that they should have, like, but you can make a choice. I think you can have I'm them. hopeful. I'm hopeful. I don't think anybody wants to, but they can Mm, I love it. I like that. I, I think it, I think it's possible, especially if technology keeps going. We're gonna figure out a way to like make language not a barrier. And when you can really communicate with someone and really understand what they're feeling or their intentions are, you get a better sense of that we all really want the same thing. Well, you see, like I brought up TikTok earlier. They like you get a bunch of random shit you don't follow. I see a lot of people that go to like Middle East, Africa, Asia. Like they don't know the language, but people like. Communicate just fine. Everyone's friendly. Mm. Seems cool. Like there's a lot of bad stuff that people post, but see, yeah, I think that's stuff. just magnifying, yeah. uh, putting a magnifying glass on the terrible shit, and the media can like blow that up and make it seem like yeah, the world's terrible. It, but I mean, but that's unfortunately the thing is that the media makes money off of like attention, right? And mm -hmm. attention, and you're gonna always get so much more school viewership from school sh from from fear mongering from than puppies or than puppies or <laughs> or you know people who loving and singing yeah and who donated to some orphanage or whatever mm. like, like that's why blood I cells chases. Get more viewership and like repost if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I mean, I will, I'll watch a speed high speed chase over like I think I'm gonna do a high speed chase and just fucking tape the the yeah, fucking yeah, banner yeah. solitude banner on top of my car. Uh -huh. the QR it's code fucking hot, dude. 
the QR code on the roof of the car, so like the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, that's that's a good that fucking a good PR one. stunt. There you go. Hey, I listen to that when I fucking jam at the gym. So this was great, guys. I love that. Uh, we should definitely do it again. I, I love coming over to Mikey's, hanging out. I'm the groupie of the group. Um, whenever I, y'all jamming, is the shit. Y'all rock out. When is the next album coming? Talk to Andrew. Yeah. Andrew. Andrew has been putting in a lot of work in. I'm not gonna lie. How uh, so? He's been writing uh, some stuff for the album. We have we have songs. We have songs that are ready. <laughs> we have songs that are ready, but uh, we we also want to incorporate like Andrew's uh, stuff Input. into it. Yeah, and um, at this point, we're just we're just waiting to write more songs with Andrew, um, and he's been working his ass off. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about? It? Yeah, I mean, just mostly right now. I think it's been an interesting transition, right? Because I think like I've been in the band for a year. It was kind of learning back catalog stuff, kind of building that like group muscle for us to jam together, getting some shows under our belts together. Now that we're able to kind of like at the drop of a hat, I guess, go go play a couple of sets somewhere or that kind of thing. So it's been kind of like that progressive buildup of momentum. And then in parallel, I've been working on demo ideas. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily done, um, but coming up with demo ideas. And I think we're just trying to learn how to like, well, I think we've, started to get into a good rhythm but i think it was like a little bit of a learning curve on how to work together to kind of finish a song and yeah i think we have you know a couple of song ideas that i've put forth that they didn't hate and yeah it's a good thing and you know i think uh we're going to continue working on them and refining them and it's let me ask you this drew when when so when now that you're writing do you to get into the feel of solitude endeavor do you listen to their music and trying to kind of like imbue that mentality to put or it's, a, it's your fresh something different. I mean, I think it's a mix of things, and you guys could tell me. So, like I, like I said this before, it's like I am not Jose. Like he and I will never be the same, mm-hmm. which is fine. There are certainly aspects. Damn it! I was kind of hoping. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. No, go ahead. You were but, up. Yeah, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like definitely learning like some of the stuff from the back catalog has been helpful to kind of understand the sound that they have mm-hmm. and like. I, I know everybody decently well now after playing with them for a year and what they're good at or what like styles they have. So when I'm like coming up with demos, because usually for demos, and it's easier for me, I tend to try and come up with not only just guitar parts, but bass parts and drum parts and like like structure to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everything is available on the chopping block to be removed, but I definitely try and keep their nuances, their skills, their style in mind whenever I'm trying to mm-hmm. come up with things, but then also like Here's an idea just so you hear it in context, but you can do whatever you want. Experiment a little. Yeah, like if, if Caesar's like, that's a really cool riff, what if it sounded like this? I'm down mm, to try it, right? Mm, if mm. David wants to do something different on bass, if he ever shows up, he can do it. <laughs> you know, but like, know you Danny can do whatever he wants. David's sick, okay? I know, Come I know. here, God damn it. Fuck. Fuck David. No, but yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like I, I will never be able to come up with drum parts like Danny can because mm. Danny's a drummer. I'm, I, I might pretend like I'm a drummer in my head in the car, but I'm not a drummer at the end mm. of the day. It's not, so. it's not your fault he can't play. <laughs> <laughs> it's Daniel's fault for being limited in his skills. It's because he hasn't bought Matt Garska's uh, single pedal workout yet. Oh, God. You didn't get it? Nah, What's man. wrong with you, bro? Bro, what do you know about metric modulation? I don't want to have sex anymore. (laughs) I think I got 
No, okay, that, no, this is good. See, we did two hours quickly, and I, I love hanging out with you guys. And see, I think. No, no, no. Actually, I was going to say, what I was going to say is, like, I have ideas, I come up with things. I definitely try and incorporate previous style because I don't want it to be a complete departure. Uh, but I also want my style, my input. inspiration, my, yeah, my person also being uh, voiced in there. And yeah, I don't know. I, I love it. I, I, you I think tell me if it's still kind of sound solitude esque. I don't know. Maybe maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe oh, I haven't heard. I don't think I've heard any of. Well, if you yeah. stop recording, we'll show you some. Okay, I want to. Yeah, stuff. I do, do want to listen to some stuff. And yeah, guys, go check them out. Solitude Endeavor. I'm gonna put uh, their links for their Spotify album. I'm gonna put, if y'all want me to put y'all Instagram, I'll put it on there. Y'all send it to me. Yes. Um, we'll definitely do this again. I want to talk to you, Drew, more about like philosophy and that kind of shit. And I want to talk to you about your negative outlook in the world and what we can do to change it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I get. I can see the. I can see both. It's, I can see both outcomes. That's the thing. It's not a negative outlook, dude. I mean, it's just the truth. <laughs> I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like it's the truth. Baby. A lot of people don't like the truth. I hate that, bro. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's but hard to call something that hasn't happened the truth, but I mean, what do you mean? It's, it, it's not that it hasn't happened. It's just. It is what it is. Yeah, there you go. Okay, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll do this again. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. Peace, peace. <laughs> SolitudeEndeavor.com. I'll put all the links in the notes. Chill. Peace. Drink kiss more beer. Your, kiss your mom. Kiss your mom. Wash your hands. Tell your parents. Kiss your mom. <laughs> Be nice to someone today. Yeah. Use your tongue. <laughs> yes, there you, there you go. To wash your hands. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I hope y'all liked that and enjoyed that. That was my conversation with Solitude Endeavor, aka Mike, Caesar, Andrew, and Daniel. Um, we had a blast after we stopped recording. They showed me some of their new music. Uh, they were jamming for a bit. I got trashed. Um, I woke up right now just at 2 p.m. I lost my cell phone. I lost my glasses. I don't know where the hell I put them. I just found them. It was a crazy night. Either way, that was a great show. Um, I had a great conversation with them. I love them. I love Mikey. He's my neighbor. You know, we hang out all the time. It's the best. And um, I was telling him yesterday, you know, when I was a child, I would dream. I, I would pray to God that we had good neighbors. I'll tell you a little quick story in a second. So when I was a child, uh, me and my brothers, we loved to play soccer. And uh, we would kick the ball to each other, and sometimes it would go over the fence to the neighbor's house. And we had a grumpy-ass neighbor, decrepit, old, mean, sad old man. And one time we kicked the ball over, and my brother went to go over to get it. So he went to the neighbor's house, and he went to get the ball. And the neighbor somehow came out and grabbed my brother and kicked him, like literally grabbed him and kicked him in his ass and said, what are you doing in my property? And that fucking shit stuck with me. I'm sure it stuck with him, but I still remember that. And I remember thinking, what an ass. Why? It's just a ball. Why can't we just go over and get a ball? And ever since then, I literally would pray at night, God, when I grew up, 
I pray that my neighbors are awesome and great and that we're good and we they don't kick us in our ass or whatever, you know? And it came to be, you know, I love my neighbors. I have great neighbors. All of my neighbors around me, We I live like at a dead end. So it's a corner, basically. And all my neighbors are fucking awesome. They're great. We, we talk to each other. We wave to each other. We bring food to each other. Um, we ask how we're doing. Um... I invited them to my daughter's 15. You know, it's it's awesome. I love it. It couldn't be any better. And uh, I want to hopefully in the future plan some kind of co-op where we all grow a fruit or a vegetable and we can all just change and share and, you know, have each other's back with food in case, you know, how things might be in the future. We have some food, some sense of community, some sense of, you know, not being uh, alone out here in the wilderness which is the city. But either way, I hope y'all like that once again. Um, to play y'all out with the song, I want to share this song. I wanted to play Solitude Endeavor, but their songs, they have a couple singles, but to me, you have to listen to the album. Listen to the whole album first as one. It's called, it's like an, a concept album. It, it is actually like an old school album where all the songs kind of are meant to be one big package. So go check them out, Solitude Endeavor. Uh, they have their album. It's on Spotify. I'll put the link on the show notes. So go check them out. But to play out, I want to share this song called Love and Hate, which another weird story. <laughs> so uh, one day I tried microdosing acid, but I guess I took a little bit too much and I was having a trip. I was tripping, you know. And... So I was tripping and I was biking and I was listening to this song that came up on my Spotify Discover. You can put the Discover tab and it'll play you songs that Spotify things you will like. And so it played me this one called Love and Hate by Michael Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. Uh, and it's a, it's an awesome song. It's called Love and Hate. And it's it, it sent me down this trip while I was bi- riding my bike of the thought or idea of love and hate, which is essentially the same thing, two sides of the same coin, you know. You cannot understand what love is without knowing what pain and hate and torture or, you know, it's a spectrum. You cannot understand what love is without knowing also what hate or pain is. It's kind of, it goes together. Or you can't hate something without knowing what it is to love something. I don't know, it's a conundrum. I can't really put it to words. But in my head, I was having this this trip of, man, it's crazy how you cannot know what love is without knowing what hate is. And um, so, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. I was, I was tripping, you know, I was on drugs, so maybe it was just the drugs. But I, I felt this weird sensation in my mind that, like Andrew was speaking about earlier, it's not black or white, it's a gray scale. It goes in and out, through and throughout, you know. I don't know how to explain it. It's, too philosophical, too philosophical for me, but I'm going to play you out with love and hate. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, yeah, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. This is Love and Hate by Michael Kewanuka. Oh, 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 oh,
peace.